That could be the start, right? I could start it like that. Isn't that how people are greeted? You just don't say anything, and I talk to myself for the next four hours. I'm yep. still not talking. It's just me. <laughs> I wanted to see how long we could stretch the bit out. Not very long, honestly. It well, was like five seconds. You didn't do very well. That can be an eternity when you're set on fire. It was like more of an eternity for me, but then you didn't wait very long. Were you imagining, were you envisioning a audience just staring at you stony-faced? Yeah. And an open mic? Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. I wouldn't enjoy that. I don't really understand why people go to an open mic. What do you mean? It's good for wannabe comedians because they get to be on stage and they get to practice their material. But as the audience, you know that the only people going to an open mic are beginner comedians. So you're not going to, unless you get a real diamond in the rough, you're going to get a relatively low grade of comedy. Yeah, but I think there's still definitely like an audience for that. People like to kind of, it's rough. It's like when people go to like open mic at like for bands and singers and stuff, it's just the same. It's like you're seeing someone who's just starting out usually if it's open mic, but yet you still want to go, you know? No, you didn't explain any reasoning for why well, there is an, do obviously that. an audience for it otherwise they wouldn't still be going i understand that but i'm talking about why they would want to go yeah i don't know i can see because they <laughs> <laughs> that has been established fucking, i would say fuck you honestly reading between the lines yeah i don't know why because it's not my i i don't even want to go and see stand up when it's like someone the best the best like i don't i'm not really we have talked about this before. Into stand-up. I'm not trying to insult open mic comedians, but I'm just saying, even if you take some of the greatest comedians who turned out to be the greatest comedians, I mean, when they were first starting out, they were probably not very good. So even if you have the potential to become very adept at this art form, I don't understand why people would exclusively go to see beginners. I don't think just because you're a beginner at something, you're necessarily definitely bad. I'm not saying bad. I'm just saying as an audience, you want to be as entertained as possible. But sometimes it's funny, I guess. Some people will see it as funny if a person messes up. So I guess there's an entertainment, a a certain type of entertainment there for people who are like, you're going to know that they're not like refined they might mess up. They might also be so bad it's funny. And there's like a whole section of people that probably are entertained by that. The same people who watch talent shows. I knew you were going to say that. It's the, the same people who watch like Britain's Got Talent. Montages of failures. Yeah. That's such a gross instinct in people. I saw that, um, I don't know if it's like the, they, because... American Idol went away for a while and I think it got like rebooted or whatever and um, I saw a little snippet of something saying that they they are not going to show the bad auditions this time like they are so it's only good singers that you are they doing that on ethical grounds or yeah they're doing it in terms of like 
we're here to find good we're here to find good singers rather than like that's great but you have done 22 seasons or whatever yeah, of but I think it already it's on like a different channel and stuff and it's different judges it's just but it's still called american idol so i think that's why i'm not completely sure because i don't watch it i find it difficult to credit that move very much although i do think it's the right direction once you've already spent 15 years building up your brand by having a significant portion of viewers yeah. tune in for the failures and the spectacular backfire of people going on stage thinking they can sing when they can't, I then it's very difficult for me to really be impressed if at the last moment, presumably the ratings are not what yeah. it was back at its zenith. Now to be like, we've learned the error of our ways and we're finally going to rectify this. <sighs> I mean, I can't say that I have not ever laughed at like... Sure. When they've come on and they think they're really good, but they're not. Because I probably have. But at the same time, I did always kind of dislike a little bit of that. Like I was like, we know that you have to go through several stages before you get on TV. So it's not like how a lot of people think it is where the first part of the audition is them going to see yeah. the main judges so they don't know if they're good or bad. The people behind the camera know that the person is going to be bad and they're setting it all up for, like, this epic failure. So that's what I disliked. It was like, we all know that you know that it's terrible and you're putting it on TV so we can laugh at it. Yeah, I think it's just inviting people to indulge in their worst instincts. And it is easy to do, especially if you're not really focusing and it just comes on mm. and it's easy to. That's why I think they want an audience, like a visible, audible audience for shows like that. Because then when the audience is kind of booing and cheering, it's like that when you're in a crowd and there's a diffusion of responsibility and you when a crowd turns into a mob and starts breaking windows and beating people up and you just get swept along with it mm. and you're not really acting as you would normally because you're part of the crowd. I think being on the other side of the television screen and feeling as if, although you maybe wouldn't express it this explicitly, but feeling like you're just joining in with what the crowd is doing, whether that's cheering for this amazing, oh my God, look at Susan Boyle. She didn't look like she could sing, but what a turnaround, what an inspirational surprise this is, or whether it's, you know, Mm. booing and jeering someone who delusionally thought that they could sing opera very well when they can't. It's easy to forget because of that, like, game show element of, like, there's good and bad or whatever and, like, let's laugh at this. It's easy to forget that, like, a lot of people who go on this show, it's like, you know, it's their dream or it's, like, their last chance or it's whatever, whatever. It's, like, so serious to them and then the problem with having quote-unquote bad auditions happen is that on things like the X Factor, which is what we have over here, they sometimes put those quote-unquote bad acts through to the live shows as like entertainment. Yeah. But it makes it you it's you're giving away a place, a very serious place a way to this, like, let's just have this, like, entertaining element that's, like, silly and funny and, like, blah, blah, blah. And I always hated that. It was such a waste and, like, a mockery. It I just understand that. Yeah. I just find it difficult to be, 
Like you're taking the opportunity to become the X Factor champion away from someone worthy. But it's not really to become the X Factor champion. It's what you get out of being the champion. It's like you get a record deal. You get to release music. Two years of stardom in the UK and then infinite diminishing returns do you forget that one direction were on the x factor i never knew it in the first place yeah and they are like were like the biggest act sure for like years yeah i don't know why we were talking about this because i hate these shows now but i always get so nervous in the beginning like we've never done this before like a virgin Podcasting for the very first time. time. It that turned jazzy very, at the end. That was very, yeah, I liked that. Had some personality to it. It took on it. a whole new kind of tone. Look, that's how you get a record deal. All right. You can't be a shrinking wallflower. You have to put yourself out there. Well, you have to have an attitude. You have to. You have to have spherical booby cones. Like Madonna. Yeah, that was a Madonna song that you sang. Spherical. Spherical. Don't you mean, weren't they... Conical. Yeah. Why did I say spherical? Because you were doing... You I was were, doing the cones But I well. thought, at first, I thought you were gesturing towards your boobs. I think it's because I was thinking boobs, and I, my brain went to round, like round breast implants. What was the idea behind that Madonna bra? I have no idea. Why is cones on the front of your breasts good? Like, why did someone think that was a good look? Yeah, I don't know. Is it just something you kind of... It's not something you can articulate, but when you see it, you're like, oh, that's a good look. That's an interesting... Was it a good look? I mean, well, I Well, people don't know. remember it. So yeah. It served its I guess function. it was just weird or different, and that's why she did it. She was very... She was all about trying to shock people. Was the idea that if you got too close, trying to ogle her breast, she could, like, poke out your eyes... Maybe. The sharp points. Maybe. I just made me think of something. Maybe, maybe. Oh. <laughs> you, know, you have like a little like <laughs> to yourself. Are you thinking of one of our inside jokes? <laughs> no, I actually wasn't. Oh, I know what you're thinking of now. Oh my God. The people listen There's to so like, many this layers. is like Inception. No, it was actually a video, a YouTube video where like someone says something to this girl and she's like, maybe, maybe. And it's a part of the video that I really like and I've watched it like a lot of times. This makes me sound weird. <laughs> but yeah. I come into the living room one day and you're just staring at the TV, replaying the same <laughs> two seconds of this video, mouthing along each time. It's funny because I don't. I mean, I was going to say I don't really rewatch things, but that's not true. <laughs> that's couldn't be more untrue. What I mean is, I don't rewatch. See, like me and you will be watching a movie or a TV show, and you'll enjoy a moment so much you'll skip back to it straight after it's happened. And sometimes you do it three or four times that's true, in a yeah. row. I never do that. That's what I mean. I rewatch things like later on months later or like whatever but i don't you know i don't even do it with like twilight or anything although that this last time i watched them there were a couple of scenes i did it with because i thought why don't i ever do that i thought of you while it was happening that's sweet yeah i don't know i don't know where we while you were having your twilight gasm you thought of me I appreciate that. Yeah. I wonder how many times I've mentioned Twilight in our 27 episode. We're part of the 27 club now. 
After this episode, we're both going to burst into flames. That's not what that means. It can mean whatever you want it to <laughs> can mean. Can it mean whatever you want it to mean, or is it a tragedy? It is a tragedy, yeah. I was going to say, I'm, we're past 27, but we're not past 27. I'm past yeah. 27. <laughs> Present company excluded. Do you know what I remember? It's nice knowing how that we've been doing this, I can say a while, but a while in 2018 terms. Because I remember talking about how it's our birthday soon on one of the podcasts, and it's ni- our birthday soon again. Again, yeah, we've been doing it for like a year and a yeah, half now. That's nice. I read a statistic one time that most podcasts don't get past episode five or six. Wow, we've made it. Well, well, in a very limited sense, <laughs> sure. <laughs> We haven't been signed to one of the big podcast networks. Yeah. When that happens, don't make money. I'm finally going to get that gold-plated limousine that I've always dreamt about. That makes me think of when Steph was like, can't you put ads on your podcast and make some money? And I'm like, no. It's like, we can. But we won't make any money from but it. But the companies involved won't know about the arrangement. <laughs> I can just tell you to go out and enjoy delicious Coca-Cola. But yeah, you think we're going to get ads with Coca-Cola? We're going to sign the big contract. Yeah. The big marketing deal. I don't know. When we finally sell out and just shield well, for random products. I'll be like Joey from Friends when he has like all the Porsche stuff. I'll just be wearing like a Coca-Cola. Oh my God. I'll be wearing a Coca-Cola t-shirt and all that stuff. And that just reminded me that I did actually have a Coca-Cola t-shirt. Oh remember? God. And you were like, even though I'd worn it several times, I feel like you had some kind of amnesia because then when you saw it, like, However, months later, maybe I hadn't worn it in a while. I got it out and you were like, you have a Coca-Cola? Like, it was very, like, oh. I think I had just deleted it from my memory because I didn't want to believe my girlfriend was a Philistine. I don't understand what, what the problem is. Are you being serious? It's specifically Coca-Cola because I like Coca-Cola. <laughs> and I think some of the Coca-Cola t-shirts are cool looking. So are you trying to advertise your love for Coca-Cola or do you just think the logo looks cool? I just liked the t-shirt. Look, I don't really know. I I need you to break it down for me. I'm not trying to advertise. Can you write me a 5,000 word essay explaining this? (laughs) I do think it's weird though when people wear band t-shirts and they don't know the band. Although, I mean, I guess if you go purely on what you like aesthetically... And you don't worry yourself about whether you know the band or not. I have seen several band t-shirts where it's like, oh, this is a cool t-shirt. And then I realize it's for a band I don't know. And I'm like, oh, I can't get it then. Yeah. Because I usually don't really like... That's such a snobby thing to say, though, when people wear band t-shirts and they don't know the band. Like, you see, like, a 14-year-old wearing a Ramones t-shirt and it's like, come on. But they might be a Ramones fan. You know what the pinnacle of that is? It's all these young tweens wearing nirvana t-shirts yeah it's because primark have like they have like doing all the band t-shirts and like remember when we saw the baby thing the nirvana yeah that's so weird yeah i'm gonna dress my baby in band apparel Mm. for music that i like as the parent well i can kind of understand that when they're very small but your baby's not like a human billboard for you to paste all your likes and interests onto 
But I guess it would be kind I guess I'm going to say something. So it might not actually be good when I say it out loud. But it's kind of just like... <laughs> That's a disclaimer you should say before everything. It's just like putting a Twilight t-shirt on my child. Like, it is I'm just a like fan that. of a Twilight. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But... Because I really like the Joy Division t-shirt. And... I was going to get it at one point, but I only like, like, two Joy Division songs. So I felt a little bit like, no, I can't. And I only vaguely know that they're a band. <laughs> they were a band. Because I'm what they call a young person. Hey! And you're what they call went to Woodstock in 69 no. person. Oh, my God. Were you there when, when Amy was like, what's Woodstock? No. My cousin, who's 18 asked me and my brother what Woodstock was and me and my brother were just like oh you're so young I think that's a permissible ignorance you didn't go to Woodstock no but everyone knows what Woodstock is it's an age thing if you don't know what it is it's because you're young there's not going to be anyone older than me that doesn't know what Woodstock is yeah that's because they likely went I know, but I know what it is, and my brother knows what it is, and we <sighs> didn't go. I understand the point you're making, but it's not like she didn't know about 9-11. You're making me feel bad now, and I don't even need to feel bad. <laughs> she'd know. If she could hear me, she'd totally just be, like, rolling her eyes. The excuse-making of a guilty conscience. No, there's no guilty conscience. It is funny, though. Like, I'll say something to you, and you won't know what it is, and I'm just like... <sighs> When I say about, oh, that used to be, like, a really famous actress, like, back in the day. And what I mean by back in the day is, like, the 80s. And you're like, I don't even know. You you look at me and you say, oh, were they really famous, were they? Because you've never you heard You do say film. this about people whose names I've never heard. Okay. And I don't understand how someone can be really, really, really famous and I've not even heard their name before. That'd be like me not having ever heard the name Tom Cruise. That wouldn't be possible. Uh, things do get, like, escape like escape you. Just like oh, when I was talking to my brother the other day, the Kim Kardashian robbery came up. I just totally said her name wrong, but you know who I mean. The robbery thing came up and he was like, what robbery? He didn't know what I was talking about. I'm going to have to call you on this second example as well. That's, a, again, a totally understandable... No, I feel like the only way you couldn't have heard about it is if you don't go online and you don't walk past newspapers and you don't watch TV. That's the only way you It wasn't you can... on the front page of newspapers as you walk by. Yes, it was. Maybe on TMZ Times. No, it was on the front of newspapers. I don't think so. I I want to Google new old newspapers Let's right go now. to the library and bring up the microfiche of the newspapers <laughs> on that day. You know that scene in every detective film where they go to the, they go to the, the library and they're, and they're bringing up yeah on the projector yeah there's a tw oh not to always bring it back to twilight but there's but, a weird scene in the movie where she's like looking up vampires or whatever or or werewolf werewolves or something and she goes online to find a store that has a book about it and I'm like, you're online. <laughs> Just fucking do it online. What are you doing? And isn't she on some fake Google? No, she's on Google. Because you know how some films, yeah. they type into a search engine, it's some made-up search engine? Yeah, I don't know why they do that. I think also I've seen in movies where they're clearly on social media and it's called like 
face space or something. Yeah. It's not Facebook. And then sometimes I see it and it's Facebook. And I don't know what the decision is there. I don't I think may- you need their permission to show it, to show the Facebook page on a movie, do you? I wonder if even just 10 years ago or five years ago, it was seen as advertising. But now, because it's more of a way of life, Googling something is like... It's so ubiquitous yeah. that you can't advertise Google's existence because everybody already knows yeah. about it. So maybe that's the decision. Maybe more so it used to be something fake because they didn't want to be seen as advertising. You'd have to get some defawed caveman from, you know, the Stone Ages and put him in front of a movie and him see that Google is a search engine <laughs> for him to be like, oh, I better check this out now. I was just thinking that there's got to be like, for instance, like, you know, grandparents that don't know, like, they, I'm sure they've heard of Facebook and Twitter, but Instagram's probably more like, what's Instagram? Like, Yeah, I can see that. Because I feel, I feel like, like on things, like on the news, it'll be like, go to our Twitter. Like, people are going to have heard about it. But they're not saying, go to our Instagram. Sure. Um, isn't that Snapchat thing wild? That Kylie Jenner, they lose a billion. You need stuff. to explain this. Everyone knows about this. Okay. No, they don't. They do. Just like they don't. Everyone doesn't know about Kim Kardashian's robbery. They fucking do. Anyway. So, if you don't, write us in. I think Kylie Jenner was like queen of Snapchat or something. Anyway, she tweeted. I love how you pretend you don't know. No, I don't know for sure. You don't? I think that so she was. So, why was this story so amazing to you? Because of what happened. Like, they, yeah, she like tweets about it saying that like it's shit now or whatever. And then they immediately lose like a billion in stock or whatever. I don't know money things. <laughs> It was some kind of stock-based value loss. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. I don't have any kids, comment on this kids story. Kids are fickle bitches, man. Kids aren't the ones investing in Snapchat. No, but wouldn't it? No, but they know that the value of it, like, she says don't use it. Not that that's what she said, but if she's like, I'm not going to use it anymore, then lots of people probably won't use it anymore. I really struggle to see how no. that could happen. When the investors flee, they are also just speculating. They don't know what's going to happen. But they, like you, probably have a low opinion of <laughs> most people and think that... I have a low opinion of people? You have a low opinion of people who would stop using Snapchat yeah. because Kylie Jenner said it yeah. was Well, no, no good. I don't. That sounds shit. But yeah, I know what you well, mean. Well, I do. I don't mind saying it. Yeah. I just wouldn't be, like, influenced like that. Even if she's a quote-unquote influencer? Yeah, she's like the influencer. Is she? She's, yeah. I literally don't know what she looks like. <laughs> if you put a gun to my head and asked me to describe her face, like what colour hair she has. But is that partly because you're not like good with faces? No, that is true. But I feel like if I have ever seen a photo of her, it's never lodged in my mind next to her name. Yeah. I know what Kim Kardashian looks like. We can't well, go a podcast without talking about her for some reason. She different than she did like five years ago. Well, then maybe I don't, yeah. But... Yeah, why do we always mention them? Somehow everything always relates back to them and that's the world we live in. <laughs> and I'm very... I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> Your face is so conflicted. I just don't know. You're in the midst think. of a moral conundrum. <laughs> Yeah, Kylie Jenner is one of those names where I've heard about it so much 
And I still don't know, apart from the fact that she was selling lip products to young girls, or <laughs> young girls were... Remember that thing where young girls were... I don't know how to describe this. I know what you mean, when they were making the lips bigger. Yeah, like using cups and suction and yeah, stuff like that. because she got like... She was a person... No, I don't want to even talk about her lips. Let's not talk about her lips. In case we get a libel, no, cease and desist. No, I don't want to... She obviously felt bad about them and then got surgery. Like, I don't want to, like, speculate about the person. I see. But, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So so then people were trying to yeah, get her lips by doing this weird. And I, get, I think they called it the Kylie Jenner challenge. I don't, I'm not sure why. Just because she got bigger lips. Yeah. That yeah, seems pretty straightforward. I don't think straight we know enough about it to talk about it. I know almost next to nothing yeah, about really almost next to nothing. Just because I mention them sometimes doesn't mean I know a lot about them. That's true. You do often talk about quantum physics and you only took a two year course in it. Yeah. I mean, that was two years of my life that I'll never get back. So I'm going to use it. That's true. But in the Even grand scheme of things. I don't really things, know. Yeah, you're still a could, lay person. I can't really make sense of what I learned. I could just repeat it back, you know. That's true of a lot of my education. Yeah. I know a lot of factors where I can't explain how it's true. I just know that it is true. Yeah. That's exactly, that's the way I live my life. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. You live your life in the moment. Do you remember when we went to the cinema the other day to watch Fifty Shades Freed? I was hoping you weren't going to bring up my secret shame onto the podcast. Shame is a bit far. About how I folded like a... You didn't like a cheap... I was trying to think of something. something. What is it called when you stack cards up into shapes? The name has completely escaped me. Like a house of cards. A house of cards. Yeah. But you never build a house. You always build like a... People do build... Triangular tower. Yeah. Usually it's triangular. Houses can be triangular. Name one triangular house. Well, the roofs of houses are usually triangular. But the house itself is... Yeah, the whole square thing Square or like rectangular. Triangular. It's like square. And then, what are we talking about? We're talking about the geometry of residences. Yeah. So basically, I wanted to go and see Fifty Shades Freed. And I... I won't get into the full deep, like how much I want to go. You were basically like... On what scale do you want? Like we already talked about this last episode. Oh, we did okay. So we went to Fifty Shades of Food, and at the beginning, I was very, very against it. I'm talking. I would rather have slipped shards of glass into my <laughs> urethra, but then Samantha slowly, slowly wore me down. Each day, she would come and pester me a little bit more, and my resolve would weaken, and I eventually became a shell of a man. Just an empty husk yeah. that could be pushed around and taken to whatever screening she so chooses. So that's the background for you. I was a beaten man. I was a broken man. I was barely even a man. Oh, I have no sympathy, honestly. I was still a mammal, though, and that's crucial. That is crucial. I will never resign my mammal mammalian your mam- membership. Your mammalian status. Yep. <laughs> I am. Um... I hate how now you have to, like, pick your seats beforehand. Like, we booked online because we had, like, a code. So we booked online so it would be easier. And you have to pick your seats even when you get the ticket at the counter. Like, you have to book your seats no matter what. Um, So I'm, like, looking at the picture, the map of the seats online. And 
first of all, it's a small screen, which I hate. But because we really wanted to go in the day, hoping there'd be less people, we had to just, like, take that. And when we say a small screen, we mean... I mean, there was probably, what, 50 seats in there? Well, yeah, it goes, like, A to, like, F, and then there's, like eight seats on each row so it's not and there's two columns so yeah there's it was a very small room yeah to the point where if you're sitting in the front row i mean it's impossible to see the screen yeah sitting in the front row of a big screen is still shit but like sitting in the front row of a small screen is way worse and so i had i always want to sit at the back where possible and i thought i'd booked the back seats but when we got there, we realised we'd actually bo- I'd actually booked the front seats. So there they were had only- one job. They- I know there were like two people in there at this time. Although we were there before they even started the trailers, so we were very early. You coaxed me into going there super early, and we arrived twenty minutes before the trailers because even started. I want to get popcorn and ice cream, and I do like to watch all the trailers. And we'd got there a little bit earlier than I, even I anticipated. So, should it? <laughs> so, we get in the screen and there's only two people in there. So, we think, this is fine. We'll just sit where we want. And if someone comes and says we're in their seat, we're in their seat. We'll move. We should also say that even though the film had only been out for three days or whatever, this was in the middle of the day on a weekday. Yeah, it was like a Wednesday or something. So we didn't like, expect that it was going to be super crowded. It was 11am, the first showing. So I thought for sure that there wouldn't be many people. It was also a rainy, yeah, overcast was, yeah, day. Yeah, and I feel like people don't go out as much when it's like that. And um, so sure enough, someone did come and say we were in their seats. So we moved. And then, again, someone came and said we were in their seats. And by this time, once we'd moved already, like, two or three times, I realised I could just go on the app, go through to the booking screen and see what seats are available. Because when you go to book, obviously, it's going to give you seats that are only available. So I'm like, okay, this seat, this seat and this seat is taken. These seats aren't taken, so let's go. But then someone comes and asks us to move again. And I'm like, oh, my God. At this point, and I usually don't care, like, what people think. But at this point, even I am getting a little bit, like, not embarrassed. But it's more so, like, I know people are whispering about us because we've moved so many times. And the screen is so small. And I realise that my thing of, like, looking up to see which seats are available isn't foolproof because like we there are people right now in the queue getting tickets so seats have been taken right now so it's not helping me so eventually we go and sit in the front seat seats which you were trying to convince yourself was going to be okay because you want and we were actually sitting in our actual seats so we knew that we couldn't be moved which was definitely one thing but at the same time i'm sitting I mean, literally like four feet away from the bottom of the screen. Yeah. And so you have to tilt your head back 180 degrees. And it's so bright. Look straight up towards mm. the ceiling in order to see the top of the screen. And you just can't make out you anything. You just can't, no. I don't and know other people were cheap. sitting in that front row, and I don't know what they could have been thinking. Yeah, I don't know why they were choosing. And it can't be that they can't see properly because the screen is like 
loads of feet high and loads of feet wide. And it's like, yeah, even yeah, I don't understand why anyone would choose those seats. Maybe it was for clandestine. Yeah, you were convinced relations. they were like doing sexual stuff, but I'm like, don't people usually do that at the back? Yeah, but the front? it's hard to see someone's lap when they're sitting in the front row. Yeah. Because it wasn't that staggered, the seating. It, it was, was like two women as well. What does that mean? I'm just saying, like, usually you would not think... Lesbians can be lewd. Of course they can. I've got that but... on a bumper sticker. <laughs> In fact, it's my campaign slogan for the 2020 presidential race. Sure. I'm running for the Owl Word party. Hey, I like the Owl Word. You know who's going to sing the national anthem at my convention speech? Mary Lambert. How dare you? How very dare you. My <laughs> You're upset at me because I'm so progressive. Yeah. Um, destroying our traditional family values how dare you like Mary Lambert you went to see her in a tiny little gig I thought you were going to start singing I don't know what song you're humming along to the only song you know I know two songs by her go on then you know the one I meant cat earrings yeah and then she keeps me warm she keeps me warm she keeps me warm. She- <laughs> I put a lot of soul into you that really line. You really did. That I was, was thinking adorable. of you when we get into the bed and we're super cold because we haven't turned the electric blanket on and we cuddle together like for old warmth. People. We are old people. <laughs> I feel the cold in my bones sometimes. I do as well. I have to get up and put extra layers of clothes on because I just, I'm like, I can't stop shivering. And that's how you got hyperthermia that yeah, one time. that was. I had to have my toes removed. <laughs> and they now they call off. you Tola Sammy. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we were sitting in the seats and the film was just about to start. You know, like when the, the edges of the curtains go out even further and you know that the... And the room gets even darker. Yeah. So I was like, this is our last chance to move again. I, quit, had to, I figured most people, if there was going to be like... It's, there's no, there's not going to be a huge <laughs> influx of more people because the film was just about to start. And I'd also made clear to you, as we were sitting in that front row, and you were constantly refreshing the page, which it, shows you which seats have been booked. I basically said to you, I can't sit in this front yeah. row. So, and as you were looking at that little diagram of which seats had been booked, there were clearly quite a few that had not been taken. So we did have but, some yeah, options. They were still shitty seats, but at least they weren't the front. Yeah, they were so like at the back, but at the very edges. I told you that there was nowhere I could watch the film from this yeah. front row. So we moved one more time and I get like this death glare from this woman. And I know what she's thinking. She's thinking, you better not ask me to move. And I'm oh, just Because we had straight. asked her to stand up so we could get by like three times. But at the same time... The movie hadn't started yet, it so was it. was 20 like, minutes before the film yeah. started, and you only have to stand up for two seconds. Yeah. So we sat basically... I didn't even notice this death glare, by yeah, the way. Yeah, she was really, like, really, really... She didn't get up straight away. I think for a second she was going to try to, like, not get up. And I'm like, no, I need to get past. And I was very polite about it, and I was like, sorry, thanks, sorry, you know how you do, or how British when people you're British, tend to yeah. do. Yeah. And, um... 
yeah, everything was fine then. I was like, finally we get seats. But then, of course, some loud fuckers came and sat behind us. Oh, don't even get me started. And this is what we were trying to avoid. Yeah. Loud people. Because it's like 11 a.m. And you're all supposed to not be there. <laughs> I have... I feel a high tolerance for being inconvenienced. Me too. Before I will do something. Me too. But I also, oppositely get very angered by people being aggressively rude especially if it's at the expense of other people so there's kind of a weird midpoint that emerges between those two competing instincts and for me if you're whispering during a movie i can put up with it for a certain extent if you're still doing it after the the first third of the movie or whatever you haven't settled into watching it then i'm gonna do something i'm gonna turn around and say something but whispering is one thing but these three women were just talking at a normal conversational yeah. volume. Anything that happened on screen that was remotely they yeah. remarkable, they had to exchange several comments about it yeah. at a normal audible volume. And they were sat right behind us so we could make our every word perfectly clear. They're also like very immature in, in terms of like when the sex was happening... They were like saying stuff about it and laughing and like it was all just very juvenile. The thing is, I actually asked you, was this film an 18? Because and I was happy when you told me it was because I thought that was going to eliminate all of the 15 year old teenagers who would come in and do stupid shit like this. And then it turns out that three grown women couldn't control themselves and be polite and civilized for a two-hour screening of a film. And I don't know if they just kept changing position or, like, moving around, but they knocked my chair loads. I didn't... You didn't tell me this until after the film because that I have zero tolerance for. Well, you were like, do you want me to say something to these women? And I have, like... I think it's specific to the cinema because you're, like, confined in this room with these people that I'm very much like you don't say something unless you absolutely have to like if they had like really directly done something specific to one of us then yeah but i don't know i was very much like they didn't seem just from like be listening to them for half the fucking movie they didn't seem like the type of people to take it well if you turn around and said can you please be quiet because i thought this is what's going to happen they're either going to start a fight or you're going to say it and they're not going to be quiet. They're just going to continue. So there's no point. I didn't want a fight to happen and I didn't think that they were going to take it well. I thought they were just going to be like, (laughs) and then like continue being loud. So I just thought there's no point, you know? Yeah, those are fair concerns and I can envision both of those scenarios happening and that is definitely going to be a bigger problem but at the same time there's only so much you can take and it wasn't bothering you as much as it was bothering me and just to clarify i think it was probably about a third of the way through the film that i turned to you and said do you want me to say something and Mm. then you said no and then it carried on and carried on it didn't ever stop and I wasn't going to resort to saying something straight away. At one point, I just turned around in my seat and stared at them, like, <laughs> right in their faces for, like, 10, 15 seconds. And they were just, like, awkwardly trying to avoid my gaze. 
And I thought that would be enough to let them know that, hey, you're being rude. You're yeah. ruining the movie experience. You're being too loud. This is unacceptable. But in a indirect kind of not confrontational way. Although it is a little bit confrontational. Yeah, it is. But I didn't mind. And then I think after the halfway point, I actually was going to turn around and say something. Like you caught me mid turning around to say something and you squeezed my hand and said, please don't. And I instantly understood why you didn't want me to. And as much as I wanted to, and I was literally a split second away from doing it, we had gone to see the film for you. So I didn't want to, because I felt at that point it would be selfish because I'm doing it for me rather than for both of us. If it's, really going to affect you that i've done it i think you've just got to in those situations you've got to weigh up whether it's going to be worth it well for you it might like satisfy you for a couple of seconds that you said something and you didn't just let them do it but at the same time if you if you can sense that they're not the type of people to like actually because I can understand people getting carried away and being like silly, but then when they're reminded, hey, like in a library, yeah. people get carried away and they start talking and their voices get louder and louder because they forget they're in a library. And then someone rem- politely reminds them, shh, you're in a library. And they're like, oh, shit, yes, yeah, you know. But these were not those types of people That's you could true. tell. They were just going to say something like, fuck off. And then like, a fu- like an argument would start. But see. Or they were go just going to like laugh at you and then continue and i'm like i don't want any of those things to happen if you had not been there or we had been going to see a film that didn't have the extra importance Mm. to you i wouldn't have minded saying something to them and confronting them even if that could have happened because at that point i would have just sat up on the back of the front seat in front of me and just put my arms over my head and just sat there staring at them blocking their view of the screen because at that point we're past the point of no return you've already decided you're going to try and ruin this movie for me and now i'm going to take the confrontationalism up to 11 but that's not good obviously if you really care about the film but i definitely have that instinct of i'm not going to sit there and just let someone ruin something for me if there's something i can do about it I don't know. I think also the fact that I was able to, like, tune them out. I mean, because if they'd have been any louder, because they were loud enough that it was, like, distracting. But I think it was just below that level of, like, I actually can't take this anymore. And, and like, because what we've already said about moving seats, it's not like we could have just moved. Yeah, that's Because at this point, the cinema was actually almost full. And... We didn't want to have to ask people to move again. So, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I think, yeah, I don't know. I just, I also had, like, a weird feeling about, like, they were women. And I felt that if anyone was going to say something, it should be me. And I didn't want to say anything. So... I don't know. You could just tell they were just very rude and didn't give a shit. They were so oblivious to the fact that there were other people in the cinema. They were just coming and having like a laugh. And it's like, that's not what the cinema's for, but whatever. But it wasn't even just obliviousness because that's one thing. And obviously that can lead to egregiousness just by itself. It was 
they knew that they were being too loud because unless yeah. they were partially deaf, they knew that they were speaking at too loud a volume for a cinema. So they were being knowingly obnoxious. And that's what made my blood boil. I can forgive someone if they are mistaken in how loud they are speaking. But when I know someone knows that they're being a dick and they do it anyway, even though there are people yeah. all around them, that's when it starts to upset me to the point where I don't care. Like, if they were then to escalate it by shouting at me, I'll escalate it right back and I'll just discount watching the rest of the film and just call it a sunk cost. Because at that point, my whole mindset would be to ruin the film for them. Yeah. But that's obviously not tenable when it's an important film i feel like in situations like that they should have an usher in there like the singer if it's got like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was amazing that was, was it? actually amazing or was it the only usher related noise yeah. i could possibly have made do 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 get me do 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 I don't know. You You're do pointing yeah at me again. expectedly. Because you got to do the yeah. No, it's a one-time thing. Ugh. Otherwise, it loses its novelty. It loses its worth. Yeah. The only thing that remotely for a split second where I was like, I should say something or turn around and whatever, is when they had knocked my chair, like, several times at that point. But even then, I was like, I don't know. If something happens, I will go one way or the other. Like... And this time I was like, no, I don't want any kind of confrontation. <laughs> yeah. I so just... I respected your wishes, even though it was difficult to hold my tongue. Yeah. And then I, we'll get on to talking about the actual film in a second. But just to wrap up, as we were, as the film finished and we were all leaving the, I want to say, I keep wanting to say the theater. theater. Yeah, that's right. Okay. It just sounds weird to say that about a cinema. Yeah. That is what you'd okay, call it. Okay, I'll take your word on it. You worked at a cinema, so you've got the I insider that knowledge. Cinema. That's true. Yeah. You should know some people. You should have got us free popcorn. It's funny because I used to love the cinema, and I still love it now when I go, but because I don't like to go out ever, we hardly go, and because it's, like, so expensive these days. But um, when I was a teenager, I used to love going, and me and my friend would go every week. And then when I got a bit older and I was, like, working and stuff and I started working there, I remember you were allowed to go to the cinema for free. But because I worked there, I never used that. I never used it at all. Right. I didn't go one single time when I worked there, which is weird. Because you associated it with work. Yeah. Yeah, and, that sucks. Yeah, and because the shifts were really long. They were, like, nine hours long. The shifts. Or Isn't 11. that only one hour longer and than And one a... time I did an 11-hour shift. Like, sometimes yeah, there, were, there were 11 really hours. long. Yeah. I don't know. They were just really, really long. Yeah, because I never really worked full-time except for there. And like, the shifts were, like, extra long. So it sucked. Sure. Yeah. Didn't you say you used to get movie posters? No. I think I vaguely recall you telling me that the promotional posters that they would plaster all around the cinema, you were able to take some of them home sometimes. Did I? 
You're looking at me with the most <laughs> puzzled, bewildered look. Are you mixing this information in with the fact that I said I had those really large Twilight posters? I don't even remember what Twilight posters you're talking about. Do we know each other? I Do we know each other? I don't know. Sometimes it is weird. You know, like when you speak to like a family, because you have all your memories and you have like a timeline of when things happened in your head. But then you'll speak to like your mom or your brother or sister or something and they'll be like, oh, do you remember when blah, blah, blah? And you're like, no. And they remember it really clear. It was one of their significant memories. But it's like to you, it's like, no, like, isn't that strange? Well, this is not a significant memory. No, me. I know, but I've obviously said something to you about movie I may posters. be confusing. That may not be true. I may have heard this somewhere and I'm just, for whatever reason, mentally yeah. transposing that onto you. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> it's hard as well because when someone says something and they're trying to give you this memory and you don't have it, it's like, well, I don't want to, like, falsify the memory now. That's I don't want to be like... Yes, that happened because you're saying it happened. Like, I want to try and be true to, like, I really don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> sure. I don't know. I appreciate that. I appreciate that strength of character. But me- <laughs> You've got backbone, Samantha. But maybe I did say that to you. And I wouldn't have lied, so it just makes me think that I forgot about it. Uh, you know what it is? I think my mistress told me. Yeah. And I'm just confusing her for you. This bitch. And she works at the cinema? She does, yeah. She was one of those girls. <gasps> That's why you wanted to turn around because you hadn't seen her in a while. And I wanted to just smooch her. You wanted to try and give some kind of code with your eyes or your what? dick. I don't know. <laughs> How do you give a code with your dick? You put it in a place. That's not a code. And you write a code. Horrendous. It. Like it's a magic wand. Yeah. And her vaginal walls are a canvas. Everyone should have a magical wand. A magical wand. A magic wand. Sure. Let's get back to what I was saying originally. Yeah. What so were you at the end of the film, when everyone's filing out, I just, I was really struggling. When you told me not to say something, it was really frustrating because I really wanted to say something. So I contended myself with standing up at the end of the film and just staring directly <laughs> in their faces as they uncomfortably got up and gathered their things and left. I would have been staring them in the eyes, but they were kind of sheepishly avoiding my gaze, which just shows you the mentality of people that are so rude and obnoxious, but Mm. when they're actually directly confronted with the people, they no longer have that courage to just outrageously be a dick for no reason. What was I saying? You were talking about them filing past you. Yeah, and you asked me how the film was, and I was like, it was good, but I could have used about the fucking commentary track. Oh, yeah. I that. And they're right there in front of me. And that was as much as I was able to do yeah. under the constraints imposed by my wifely companion. Pretty much. I did stop you. I really don't want to, like, it's kind of like when, I don't know, we'll be out and someone's staring at me or whatever. You stare back at them yeah. like, don't. You know, avert your gaze, bitch. Like, I, I just don't know. have no patience for people who are aggressively rude. But at the same time, you know how, like, sometimes people say things to me in the street? I almost always do not say anything back because it's just not worth it. And I kind of say the same to you. Like, if something happens, 
I almost would rather us just continue on our way because what if the one time we decide to confront this person and they've got like a knife or something, you know, or they're like particularly crazy and they just want to like kill someone. That's true. And it's not worth it just to say something back. But I also know that like, you know, you shouldn't let people get away with shit, but at the same time, it's like, I don't want to be murdered. It, that's why I accept the idea that I shouldn't say something back a lot of the time. When I'm out with you, my main priority is your safety. And so I don't want to let my ego endanger you in any way. Yeah. Like, I want to say something back. But I also know that if a physical confrontation happens, I also have to think about your safety yeah. first. Obviously, something physical is different. But, like, if it's someone just yelling something, it's, like, just drop it, you know? But I also know that the type of person who would shout something out, either catcalling or shouting abuse or whatever it is, discounting the possibility that they are somehow mentally unwell, of course. But most of the time, they are cowards. They're doing it because they're with other people, their friends, and they feel emboldened because they have people to back them yeah. up quote unquote and that when you do actually confront them you realize that they don't actually have any real that pretense of them shouting and being aggressive and being kind of trying to take control and be the alpha blah 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 is all just a put on for the other people yeah. and that when they are directly confronted you see that they really are cowards i think that definitely is true most of the time and that's but i just don't think it's worth the gamble for those few that do will actually follow through yeah it's true but i also there's a there's like i said before there's a line beyond which i think you can't allow yourself to be pushed yeah 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 that kind of goes out the window when i have you with me i mean if someone tried to like push you or do something stupid do something physical then i'm going to retaliate with physical force because i'm trying to protect you but like you said otherwise if it is the type of thing where it's just verbal and i don't feel like it's going to escalate beyond that it is probably most pragmatic to just try and move on and just put it behind you yeah because there are a lot of people who really are just spoiling for a fight and they want mm. to try and draw someone into a fist fight however they can and then you're just playing into their hands but like i said there there are some things where i think even though it's maybe not wise for you to and stand up for yourself is a weird way to put it but you know what i mean yeah kind of return fire in a way there are times when you kind of have to for your own sense of self-worth and dignity Remember that one time when we were first living here before we went to London? Mm. When I cycled into town to get something? Yes, I do not like this. When you <laughs> came home and you were like, told me the story, I was like, why? In my mind, it's like, why did you do this? Why did you not just continue on? But it was like, I don't know. Like, I'm so... Because, yeah, I'm just... You're going to have to tell the story, I guess, because... I'll try and give the brief version. And it's not something that I'm necessarily, like, proud of. But at the same time, I struggle to, to 
realistically envision myself doing it differently. Yeah, so I'd cycled into the town centre and then I had to ferry a huge box back on my bike, if you remember correctly. I don't remember. Was it the um, cat scratcher? That, it's weird that you remember that. <laughs> yeah, the scratching post for the cat had broken and you immediately... Oh, didn't I break you it? You broke it, yeah. You were like balance. You were like stepping on it and balancing on it or something and it just kind of snapped. And, um, and I was like... He needs to have one. You have to go and get one now. It was very like, yeah. So we found one that you could buy in a store. And so I was cycling there to get it. Why did that make you laugh? As opposed to buying it online and having it delivered. (laughs) Because you wanted it the same day. But it just sounded so funny. Like, we found one that you could buy in a store, people. Can you believe it? As opposed to going to that shady guy with the trench coat. Yeah. Let me show you my wares. He's just got like a a, a frying full pan. of cat scratches. <laughs> he invented it back in the day, mm. but then he lost the patent rights. And a ba- and a box and a box full of kittens. Oh. Mistreated kittens. No, shut up. Hold your tongue. Hold your tongue. Okay, come on, tell the story. Don't impute any suffering on these hypothetical kittens. I just can't think about sadness to animals. Sadness to animals? You know what I mean? I just can't think about sad animals because it just makes me want to die. Sadness to animals. (laughs) The poetry anthology from (laughs) Samantha Jones. Hey, how dare you use my full name? The people know it. I know, yeah, but The people love it. Do they? The people need to have it. Are you on drugs? I'm on catnip. <laughs> Remember when Rudy seemed like he was on catnip the other day? That was very strange. That was really strange. He was just like aggressively rubbing his head against things. And I don't mean the way that cats always do when they come and rub up against your leg and then they rub up against the sofa and then they rub up against the table. He was like in like, he, imagine not being high and you're just like rubbing your head like against the sofa cushion. Like really try to burrow your head into it like he was like aggressively doing it and he seemed high yeah he was acting very peculiar and like you said he was very insistent upon repetitively rubbing his head in a certain way over and over and over again for minutes on end but he hadn't had any catnip we don't give him catnip we don't i was gonna say we don't have any in the house but we actually have some in the drawer from when one we bought like a toy and some came with it I don't know why I didn't just throw it out. That's for emergencies, in case we need to bribe him. Yeah. Put a little bit of catnip in his baby bottle to send him off to sleep. His baby bottle? Yeah. Like how mums put whiskey in the... Like a bit of whiskey makes a baby go That to was sleep. the illusion I was trying to draw I, upon. I've never liked the idea of giving him catnip. I don't know if it's just because like he's an animal and he can't give permission. Yeah, it does <laughs> like, seem kind of strange. And it doesn't always make... like. It used to make um, our girl cat puppy, R.O.P., um, it used to make her crazy. She would get really aggressive. So <laughs> It was the PCP of cat he, drugs. Yeah, so I, I mean, yeah, so I wouldn't want to give him any more reason to kind of like scratch and bite us. So I just don't think it's a good idea. Anyway. You make so you, him sound like a little <laughs> savage. <laughs> so you went to town on your bike. On your bicycle. <sighs> yeah. So pedaled my butt off to get into the town centre. And then I was walking 
I was actually walking through a part of town that I don't usually go through. And I'm trying to think how to describe this. At one point as I was walking, you go underneath this building and at the top of it is several several floors of car park. Yeah. And so at the very top of it, it's open to the sky. Because and there's like a balcony yeah. and you can look over. And as I was going underneath it, I could see a bunch of guys on the top of the car park, like six floors up. And they were standing looking over the edge, like down where people such as I were walking underneath the building. And as I was just about to go underneath, I saw some liquid come down. And it really seemed like it had came from up there, exactly where they were. So in my mind, either they've poured some water or some other drink, or they've just actually tried to spit at the people going down underneath. Mm. And this made me so furious. <laughs> and so I'm laughing. I'm not like... Because I, it's just, A, so disgusting yeah it is and b it's just such when i think about someone who would find that funny to do Mm. to ruin someone's day by wetting them as they're just trying to go about their business or just being so gross it's just like spit on people yeah it just it just made me like spitting mad to (laughs) use an appropriate phrase and i wasn't really thinking but i just knew that i wasn't going to be able to just let it go yeah this seems definitely like a reaction where you didn't really think you just did like you just well i actually had a little bit of time to think about it because i went into the building which is actually a shopping mall and then i had to try and find the the pedestrian entrance to the car park Mm. through the shopping mall which is not easy to find so i had several minutes of walking around trying to find the stairway to get in so i could get to the top floor of the car park where it's open air and then i could go and confront them and so i made my way up to the top and i saw them on the other end of the car park structure and i basically just walked over to them and i was on the other side so they were just staring at me the whole way they'd stop talking (laughs) there was like six or seven of them and how old are they i want to say anywhere between like 17 and 20 wow and how old was i I was like 18. No, you were, yeah, you were like 19. I think I was 18 or 19. Yeah. And I basically just walked up to them and I went to the one whose face I had seen leaning over the, what's the The word? Balcony. Balcony, but like a low wall where you can lean over and see down. I'd seen several faces. That's how I knew there were several people there, but his was the only one I could remember. And I basically went up to him And even though I was speaking to him, I was kind of looking at all of them and addressing Mm -hmm. all of them. And I said, did you just spit at me? And the guy was kind of like taken aback. I I think he had no idea what I'd actually come over to say. And he was like, no, no. And I was like, I forget the exact wording, but I said something along the line. At this point, my heart was racing and my fists were clenched and I was ready for... I would have probably not fared too well against, you know, several guys, but... I would have got some good swings in before I went down. That's how mad I was. And I don't tend to get that mad very often. The thought of that. But I also knew, like I said before, I had kind of a premonition that what was going to happen was going to happen. Because like I said, people like that, even when they're in groups, 
First of all, there's usually only one or two of them that are bold enough to do anything or to say anything to someone. And second of all, when you actually directly confront them and challenge them and and see whether they're actually going to back up their words of action, they usually don't because Mm. they're cowards that are only emboldened when they're in groups. And so I said that to him and he was like, no, no, I didn't. And I was like, and then I said something along the lines of, well, it'd be pretty cowardly if you spat at someone and then they came up to you and asked you and you said no. And he didn't say anything for a couple of seconds. And I was just staring at him for a couple of seconds. And he was like, well, you know, I I didn't. And they all just staring at me. And at that point, I realized that I had nothing else to say. Yeah. And I didn't know where this was going to go. And I think I just turned and left at that point because I knew that nothing else was going to happen. I just wanted to confront them in some way. Yeah. In this situation, it definitely seems like it was the type of thing where, like, they were so shocked that someone had actually come up. Because, you know, people like that, they think they're so big, especially in groups. They're like, yeah, like, fucking yeah, no one's going <laughs> to say anything to us because we're fucking lads and we're in a group. But in this sense it seemed like you really did judge the situation and they were just, like, all talk, so to speak, if you know what I mean. Exactly. And they were doing it to people from a height where you couldn't really get to them, but you found them and you were like, what the fuck? I mean, I went up there ready. If it devolved into a fight, I was ready for that. Like I said, not the wisest course of action. But when you're 18 and your adrenaline's coursing, you get yourself into dangerous situations. When you were like, something happened. When you came home, I was like, what? I was just so, yeah. Because, like, I feel like when I go out on my own, which is rare, like, I don't like to go anywhere on my own, you are very much like, take, you know, take all the necessary steps that you need to, to, like, be safe or whatever. And you worry about me, like, a lot. And I think sometimes people don't realise is that, like, I understand you worry about me maybe more than if I was, like, a boy because I'm a girl. But I worry about you the same way that you worry about me. I can understand that. More so in a sense, like, because there are different things that we attract, you know? Yeah. Like... Maybe the biggest worry when I go out is that I might get, like, raped or something or, like, attacked. Jesus Christ. No, I know, but, like, but I feel like in some ways you're more likely to get into something because you're a guy and guys are fucking stupid. That's true. <laughs> like, they're more willing to just kind of fight each other than girls are usually. Do you know what I mean? Wait, are you saying this about me or about the other people? No, about guys. Like, guys are more willing to fight each other. So, in some sense, I should be more worried about you than you are about me. I understand what you're saying. Because it's not likely I'm going to come home and say I had a fight with a girl. But it, That can it's happen. Mo- I know, but I feel like it doesn't happen even nearly as much as it does with guys. And so, I worry about that. There's some boisterous wannabe viragos out there yeah. who will challenge you to some fisticuffs. No. Well, there obviously are girls that want to fight and, like, they do fight. I'm just saying, like, especially because I don't conform people. Like, when people yell things to me, usually it's, like, a passing car or, like, it's someone passing me. They don't usually, like, stop and confront me in that sense. 
And so I just keep walking, I keep moving. Whereas you're more likely to just be like, what did you fucking say? Yeah, like, if, I'm on, if I'm on my own and I don't have to worry about you, there's a high likelihood that I'm going to say something back. Yeah. And that's just, like I said, it, it's it's not good to let your pride control you sometimes. But at the same time, you ha- you have to first of all judge the situation is this someone who's mentally unstable and is just looking for a reason to pull out a knife and mm. stab someone or to... Not that you have to be mentally unstable. To yeah. But is this someone who is clearly unhinged in some way and is literally just looking for a pretext yeah. to get into a fight? Or is this someone who is trying to either insult you or put you down or just shout something to make you feel like crap and some people just want to look good in front of their friends yeah exactly they just like yell stuff because they think it makes them look big but it's like no and in that latter case i know what it feels like to just walk away because you don't want to get into a confrontation Mm. with like four guys and it doesn't feel good i think especially as a guy it does hurt your pride and it does give you a ding in your ego and it you don't want to feel like someone just got the better of you like someone just like did something at your expense and so i for me whenever i feel like i can i try to push back and i try to call them out Mm. and i try to expose that generally speaking they're completely spineless when confronted i've said the odd like fuck off like you know and I remember when I was walking home from the tube station that one time. You know, you walk from Euston to Euston Square. Yeah. And it was like late at night. It's only a short distance as well. Yeah. But things tended to happen in that short distance. It did. And I was like against the wall part of the pavement. Like I wasn't next to where the cars are. And I was just walking and I saw like two or three guys ahead. And as they got closer and closer to me, they were being really loud and it was like they did kind of like a like a come on like they put their arms out to make them really white right. and they were really tall and they were heading straight for me and he was like so close to me he was like 2 or 3 feet right in front of me and he was just like he was like cornering yeah. me and in my head i was screaming no but nothing was coming out and then event- eventually my hand kind of went up and I was like, no, like that, <laughs> no. And he just like shifted out of my yeah. way and they carried on and they were like laughing as I like. They were probably drunk. Yeah, it was very horrible though. This is like what we talked about last time. Drunk people are often so unpredictable. They might not have been drunk though. I don't, I could, I but don't they think they were. Well I think they just were like. They see, you know, especially because they stand out like, I don't know, it's just a situation. But Drunk people also just love to draw random bystanders into whatever they're doing. In that situation as well, I definitely felt like he, if I don't do something or move out of the way, he, his body will connect with my body and his arms will be around yeah. me. They will be on me and I have to do something. And my brain was screaming and I just, it took me so long to just be like, no. And then I did and I was like, but it doesn't always come out, you know. 
Uh, it makes me so mad when I have to hear about these stories about yeah. stuff that happened when I wasn't there. I know. Because although it is kind of an outmoded gender dynamic, I do feel like part of my responsibility to you is to protect you. Yeah. Because it's a lot more difficult for you to protect yourself against a full-grown man. Yeah. It's just... Now, yeah, as, yeah. Yeah, as old-fashioned as it seems, as it sounds, I also do, like, you know... I try to be realistic about the fact that, like, if a big, large man tries to attack me, like, I'm probably not going to do very well because I'm not, I'm just, like, five foot two and don't have any kind of fighting ability. But, um, yeah, it's very strange. I feel like I would have zero tolerance for any situation where I felt like you were being physically endangered. I feel like people like that, where a guy was coming towards you with his arms out, I think from his perspective, even if he knew he was being a dick and kind of making you feel uncomfortable, he probably thought like, well, I'm not going to actually like touch her. I'm just coming towards her to elicit some kind of reaction. But I was, if I was with you and just anyone who is with a, a companion who is being treated in that way, I feel like you are in the right if you are, are anticipating that they're going to actually do some kind of physical attack Mm -hmm. and if you react accordingly that is justified yeah and that's bad for everyone involved because in his mind he thinks that he's just having and obviously this is not true but this is how obnoxious people tend to think he thinks he's just having like some harmless fun with the lads Mm. but then he's going to end up he's going to end up doing that to the wrong guy and he's going to get knocked unconscious because the guy's like, mm. he was coming to like grab my girlfriend. And I don't know what he's going to do from there. He could throw her onto the road. And how do I know? He could I throw know? her to the ground. She could hit her head. Yeah. And how do I know? Like, for, to me, while I could see that they were trying to be like jolly or whatever, it was aggressive. It was like there was two or three of them and it was, you know, nearly 11 o'clock at night it was dark. It wasn't like, even though that street can be busy traffic-wise, there weren't that many people on the actual pavement. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I don't, you, I really feel like you're about to touch me. Please do not, you know? Anyway, <laughs> let's get off this. Oh, it makes me so mad. Yeah. Good God. I don't ever want to get into a fight. Like, yeah, fights are either. stupid. Yeah, they are. I know also, having been a fan of MMA for so long, I've become aware of the research about brain trauma, about, yeah. like, how even relatively small impacts to the head can have a significant damaging effect on your brain yeah. and your capacity to think. And also, you hear about all those stories where two guys get into a drunken brawl and one takes a punch the wrong way, goes completely unconscious, hits his head on the curb on the way down and dies instantly. Yeah. Like there's just, I feel like people sometimes have such a casual attitude towards getting into a fist fight yeah. where they think, yeah, I'm going to hit him a few times. He's going to hit me a few times. You know, we, I'm going to show how tough I am by taking the punches and, and giving twice as hard back. Not realizing that although you walk away from that fight, with a couple of bruises and a headache and feeling like 
yeah, I took a few dings, but I'm all right. Your brain has actually been damaged in like a permanent way. Yeah. And for what? Because some <laughs> guy said something to you when you're outside a pub. I'm so terrified of getting hit. <laughs> like I really don't ever want to get hit. I've been hit and it was not good and I don't want to ever be hit ever again. Girl fights are the worst because they just grab onto each other's hair and just That's not true, drag though, each other always. around. It's not always now. I've been hit by a girl and she didn't fucking pull my hair. She I hit need me to in the face. Teach you the tie plum where you interlock your fingers behind their neck and then you can yeah. kind of I feel like there's not time them. for stuff like that though. You know, when someone's like pushing you or grabbing you, there's no time to like That's true. In those situations, people often say that time slows down for them. And maybe that's true if you're like a trained fighter who's used to those situations. But I think for the normal person, it all happens in a blur. Yeah. And you just react quickly and you maybe don't do the smallest thing or the most pragmatic thing to defend yourself. You just kind of act on instinct and you just do something. What are those hits called when you don't see them coming? Sucker punches? Yeah. That's the type of violence I've experienced where it's like it's like a sucker punch like you don't see it coming and then the person's not even there anymore so it's not a fight they've just come up to you hit you and left like i don't know how people see someone get sucker punched and then not beat the ever loving fuck out of that guy yeah i I just don't understand it yeah good god yeah let's move on let's go on to one of our topics (laughs) yeah (laughs) i I understand the impetus, but just, by the way, we haven't actually talked about the film we went to see. Do we want to talk about the film? (laughs) Well, just briefly, because you you made such a big deal out of it on the last podcast. Yeah, I guess. I mean, look, did I talk about the connection? I talked about the connection to Twilight Yeah, you did. That's why. So, I didn't know what was going to happen in this. Well, I kind of briefly knew, like, some vague Well, you knew they weren't going to get divorced and never see each other again. No, but there's kind of, like, a thriller element. Spoiler alert, there's kind of, like, a thriller element to the third movie because a character gets kidnapped at some point. Why did you say spoiler alert and then try to hide the plot point? Well, I don't want to just give it... Well, okay. Christian's sister gets... Rita Ora gets kidnapped at some point. Who doesn't know that name? Look, she's, like, surprisingly really famous in, in other parts of the world, apparently. Anyway, let's not even talk about that. I will say, the first and second movie, I do genuinely enjoy for what, like, they are. Like, I'm not watching, I'm not hate watching them in any way. I'm not, I'm not thinking, like, there are moments where it's a bit, like, cringe, but I'm genuinely, generally, like just watching it, and I, it's I, I enjoy it. The third one, <laughs> there was some like, it was like almost so bad it was good. It's like the room. Sure, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it either. But that you know, people I can't hate watch sign that off or whatever. On that. But like, I thought that film was really well reviewed. No, that's the disaster artist. What? Oh, I'm thinking... <laughs> You're thinking of Room with Brie Larson, aren't you? I am, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, it's an easy it's mistake It's funny because make. whenever Seth Rogen, because he talked, obviously he talked about the um, Disaster Artist a lot because he was in it and he like helped make it. Every time he mentioned it on like a talk show or an award show, he was like, not Room with Brie Larson. Right. And it made me think of that. Anyway, but the third one, yeah. 
I feel like they probably should have split it into two or made it two and a half hours long. Because let's face it, the audience that it's for would not mind it being two and a half hours long. And second of all, it was just so much happened that it was like beat, 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 rather than like, oh, this I'm being, you know, swept along. <laughs> Are you doing movie. the sound effects for the flogging scene? <laughs> also, I've seen several times people say that there's more sex in the third one than there is in the other movies. I don't agree. I mean, maybe there is in terms of like we counted how many sex scenes there were and there was, but it was done differently. In the first two movies, there are like whole sections of the movie where it's just them having sex and it's lasting like a really long time. Whereas like nearly all the sex scenes in the third one, it's either a montage of sex or like the end of sex or the beginning of sex and then it cuts away. There's no like... Full scenes. Full scenes of like stuff that they're doing. It's just snippets really. Yeah. And so while there may be more actual instances of sex, there's no... The sex is very different in the third movie. It's kind of throwaway. Yeah, I think it's because they've had to pack so much in. And also the, the movie version we saw was like an hour and 46 minutes long or something like that. I might be wrong on that part, but it was definitely... There are definitely things cut out because in the trailer, there's a scene, spoiler alert, there's like a scene where uh, he, he punches a guy. You're spoiling the trailer? Yeah, yeah. He punches a guy and that's not in the movie. And I remember, maybe this happened with both films, but I definitely remember it for the second movie. Um, I remember like getting it and one version was like the theater release and then the second version was like uncut or whatever so i think there'll be like a version that which is weird because it's an 18 at the cinema so i don't know why they've had to cut stuff out well i think even to get an 18 there are limits yeah maybe um that's why they release a quote-unquote unrated version yeah i'm hoping that there is going to be and that there'll be a couple of scenes that will really actually make it seem a bit different. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. Like, you will add that extra thing in that I felt Well, like, like you was... said, there's a scene in the trailer that doesn't play out in the actual yeah. theatrical cut of the film. Um, yeah. Yeah, but you, like, hated it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you asked me when we were leaving in the taxi how I felt about it, and I said, do you, do you want me to be honest? Yes, or of do course. you want me to give you the toned down version of my review it's weird because it's not like with twilight where it's like i know everyone shits on it but i don't like you to shit on it because it's like i feel like you just shit like shitting on it to shit on it like well i also don't hate the twilight films yeah they're not my type of film but i respect that there's something to them like they do some interesting things yeah they're not completely worthless as pieces of art so i said to you it's not like with those where i I want you to just like turn it down i was like tell me how you really feel yeah i can get some meager enjoyment out of being forced to watch the twilight films but when you so i've seen the first 50 shades film i didn't see the second one and hopefully that lucky streak will continue to (laughs) my grave but then i went to see this third one and i just found this one to be really worthless and irredeemable (laughs) it was a fascinating combination of boring and bad 
where I just... Why was it boring, though? Because nothing happens in the film that's interesting. All right. I found the whole... See, are are we spoiling the film? Yeah, we're spoiling it. Okay. This is not really a spoiler because you see it in the trailer. But the whole kidnap intrigue and like how it tries to turn into a thriller in the second half of the film, I just found to be really, really clumsily done and boring. Um, But my real point to you was, first of all, I find both of the main characters to be borderline sociopathic in different ways. I also find them to be very dull and one-dimensional, even to the extent that they are, like, real characters. But more than that, I found the sex scenes to be really blasé and unsexy Yeah, in every way. That's kind of a, my biggest problem with this movie. This whole mood trilogy is, at the heart of it, is, like, their relationship and the sex. That's you know a that's be- that's why the first two films is just them having sex over and over again in different ways or whatever. Yeah. Whereas like the third one, I get that obviously the storyline's progressing. Like again, spoiler alert: they get married and she gets pregnant and all this bullshit. But I don't understand why. Like they are still having lots of sex, so I don't know why they had to like strip the the move. That's what it felt like to me. Maybe on second watch. Because I will be watching it again. What what will happen is when it comes out on DVD, I will then watch all three in a row because sure. I like to do things like that. But um, <laughs> I'm sure on third watch I will. Isn't that kind of annoying how you do that? I feel like with the Twilight movies or any movie where there's more than one, you get the first one and you watch that several times and the second one comes out. And so you watch the first one and the second one. So you've always seen the first one or the first couple way more times than you have the last ones. Because by the time I do the watch all three of them, I will have watched... Like, when Steph was here this last summer, we watched the first two twice and she was only here for two weeks. And I've watched them on my own. So... I will have watched the first couple loads of times. Yeah, I see your point. What I was going to say was, and I think I made this comment to you at the time, what this film really, really reminded me of, you know how it's become the universal trend for perfume adverts (laughs) to feature like a really handsome dude and a really pretty girl? Yeah. And for like the 40-second ad, they play out this like weird really simplistic plot where they see each other from across a hotel ballroom and then they meet in a hotel room in some clandestine love affair and they there's really nothing to it but it's just trying to be like sexy and alluring this film felt like a movie length version of that (laughs) where there's just nothing to it there's no substance whatsoever there's no character development there's no interest in twists there's no themes to speak of it really is just the chemistry on screen between two people and nothing else at all. And once you've seen that chemistry in the first film, as I had, it then loses all novelty and all Mm. sense of being entertaining. And then you're just left with a really, 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 really boring film. And that's honestly how I felt about it. Yeah. I don't know. Christian didn't Christian is like really possessive and like borderline crazy like 
in some of the stuff that he does and they definitely tried to turn it down for the movies i haven't read the books but i've seen like snippets of like stuff from the books where people quote it and they're like this is how like crazy he's in the book or whatever but it really annoyed me when like he was being like she was like nearly attacked she was like attacked by that guy who wanted to like kill her or whatever and then christian is all like blaming her for it somehow and i was so furious i was like that's unforgivable can you imagine like you come home and i've been attacked by someone who like ended our home and then you like leaving and not talking to me like for two days or whatever that's unforgivable i just thought it was so weird because the guy comes in and holds her at knife point yeah and is clearly going to kidnap her and do terrible things to her and then there's not only the guy's christian's ridiculous reaction but then there's the fact that a judge later on grants him bail (laughs) there's just so many it is weird totally bizarre absurd inexplicable moments in the film like early on when they're in one of christian sports cars oh yeah you really (laughs) (laughs) first of all so she gets into the driver's seat it's an audi r8 the car sure just how do you know that because they've been talking about it in like interviews and stuff. You're a big gearhead. Yeah. You're huge into cars. Yeah. I also think that might be. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> we'll never know now. We'll never know. Think of all the things you could have just said, listeners. Well, you know. Send your answers on a postcard. We're getting too many postcards as it is. Yeah. They're we stacking are. up in front of the door. I like receiving postcards. Stay on focus. Stay on focus. <laughs> I just stared at all our postcards on the fridge that we bought ourselves and didn't want to receive in the mail. But, you know. That's true. Go ahead. you got to sometimes about? buy yourself your own postcards. Yes. I think it was Confucius who said that. <laughs> so, yeah. Basically, this scene, she's in the driver's seat of his fast car. And then they're kind of quasi being tailed by this other car they're not quasi they are being tailed yeah but it never catches up with them so you don't know what's actually going on but it's please don't get hung up on this go on because it doesn't matter (laughs) even one jot okay go even one what jot oh go on did you just make that up no it's a word even one jot what does that mean i've never wanted to throttle you and then dissolve your body in a bathtub full of lye more than than this moment we just have like a couple of bags of it under the sink pretty much just for emergencies just Just when you push me too far i want to dispose of you i'll dispose of you i'll dispose of you we're both just slowly dissolving in lye how about (laughs) how about we both each dispose, dispose of a leg how does that accomplish anything i don't know will be Evans, Stevens. Okay. Okay, continue with your... Are you sure you don't want to take issue with my unusual word choice? No. Not even one iota? Not even one iota. Not even one. But if I did, I would have myriad reasons. You'd have a cornucopia of reasons? Yeah. You'd have an Anna Cornucova of reasons? What is wrong with you? You'd have a corner. No, I'd have an Enrique Iglesias of supernova reasons. of reasons. No, we're going in different directions. Tell me the story. Our lives are going in different directions. Or I'm going to pull your mic. That's why I've got so many mistresses. 
I've got a bona fide harem of mistresses. You're slowly unsheathing a dagger. I knew it would come to this, Ryan. She's just staring at me, listeners, and I fear for my life. Send help. Send help. No, let go no of me, one's Samantha. coming to help you. You just cut it off. We always want to cut off the podcast yeah. after punch times. Okay, tell me the fucking sports car story before I kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, Constable? Mm, I yeah. wish we had some cupcakes. Why do you keep doing this? I don't know. Do you want me to finish the story or not? I mean, I do, but it doesn't seem like you're going to. Okay, so can you commit to being silent for 45 seconds? I don't want to wear out my welcome in this silent wonderland that we find ourselves in, listeners. So... Anastasia is in the driver's seat of this car and she's like speeding down this highway, swerving in between cars. And at points, Christian even says to her, like, go around that car, like swerve around it. And so she's doing this kind of aggressive getaway driving, even though presumably she's never been taught how. She's also doing it at like 80 miles an hour on a crowded highway, potentially risking killing them both by flipping over the car at every second. And then, to top it all off, because it's not ridiculous enough already, they pull into a space, and then, goddamn (laughs) sociopaths that they are, completely desensitised to the threat of death and violence and a grisly end. She gets on top of him and straddles him, and they have quick, frantic sex to celebrate their success. I think that's like the only sex scene from start to finish. That very quick... I'm so high on the adrenaline, we must fuck now, kind of. I I can see why they did, but, yeah. It's hard to watch that scene and not think that both of their minds are miswired somehow. Because I can understand it. First of all, he frivolously encourages her to kill them both. (laughs) And then at the end of it, they think that a, a fitting coda to this ordeal is for them to have sex, even though they're still being pursued by this mm. tail car. It seems weird, because they're not on the highway to begin with. They're on, like, some country lane type of thing. So, And they have bodyguards behind them in the car. So why don't they just stop? And but, the guy will either stop and confront them, or he will drive on. Like, yeah, it doesn't seem... Like, in the real world, I feel like that's what you would do. But obviously this is a movie. But he could just have a gun ready and as soon as they stop, he could pull up alongside and two-pack them. Hey. Hey what? How dare you? That's a historical reference. Yeah. I'm stroking my non-existent monobrow. What a weird thing to say. (laughs) It feels nice. Just in case you're wondering, (laughs) listeners, I haven't spiked her drink with ketamine. No, I'm actually more likely to be dehydrated because you've deprived me of beverages. I haven't deprived you. You're welcome to drink anything that you like. Even my You've deprived me. Even my spinal fluid. There's a padlock on the fridge, listeners. That's not true. A padlock. No, that's not true. That's where I keep all of my refrigerated cats. Seven heads. We went went into very different... (laughs) It can never be dead animals. What is wrong with you? It's always got to be human. You realise that the fridge is technically full of dead animals. That's true. The fridge is a cold box for... It's just chicken. It's not just chicken. I didn't mean that like they're only chickens. I meant there's only chicken in the fridge. 
The fridge is a cold box for the carcasses of dead animals. If you want to ever be fed, you'll shut the fuck up. I know how to make food, woman. You don't know how to make food. I know how to make a fire. He doesn't know how to make food. Out of just a few sticks and some elbow grease. Do you know how to turn the cooker on? I'm sure I can figure it out. But you don't actually know. I have an undergraduate degree <laughs> in cookerology. You don't actually know, do you? Did you ever do cooking at school? Yeah, we did like home economics at some point i remember one time we had to we were making chocolate chips something or other and so we had to bring in like you know you have to bring in all your ingredients and obviously a bag of chocolate chips is one of them well i didn't have cooking until at the last lesson and so slowly throughout the day during my all my other classes i was eating the chocolate chips to the point where i basically had none left when i got to class you arrived in the supply of Chocolate chips was dwindling conspicuously. I think I had to use someone else's. You used rat droppings? Camouflaged rat droppings? I don't appreciate this. That's the name of my death metal band. Mm, I'd see them. Samantha forced me to press pause. And then she read to me a lengthy statement filled with legalese. About how she was going to separate from me and take all of my liquid assets. Legalese. I said I was going to take your sock collection. Which is extensive and valuable. And your glove collection, but only the ones with holes. Which is the ones I'm wearing right now. Yeah. I'm wearing hobo gloves. Hobo gloves? Self-made hobo gloves. Well, they are because I finished off the... Gradual decay. Oh, you did? I progressively worn holes into some of the fingers, and so eventually I just cut off the tips of the fingers to make them like hobo gloves. I like that it's just the first three, because when do you ever really use the other two fingers anyway? Yeah, they're just for, like, stabilising yeah. objects in your hand. One of the games that me and my brother and Amy were playing the other day on Jackbox TV, I think it's called Murder Party Trivia or something, and... You die in the game, but you can still play, and then it's, like, harder to win if you're dead, or something like that. Anyway, at one point, if you get, like, an answer wrong, you have to chop one of your fingers off. And what it means is that because they give you, like, multiple choice answers, one of the answers isn't available. So if that's the answer that's right, you can't get it. Anyway, the point is, when she was like, which finger should I chop off? We always trying to decide which of the two, the fourth and fifth fingers, are the most useless. I think it's the fourth. I think it's the fourth. Because, like you said, I think you need the little one to, like, stabilise. Whereas this one, you can't move it as well as the others. It's, like, stuck there. And, like, when do you ever just use that finger? But you do use this and you do use these. But if you chop off the wrong fourth finger, then you can never get married. You can, you can just wear it on a different finger. No, that's not That's not what yeah. tradition dictates. Yeah, stupid tradition. I've seen many proposals refused because the bride was lacking the fourth finger. Yeah, I saw recently that Ed Sheeran was wearing like a ring on his ring finger and everyone was like, are you married? And he's like, no, it's an engagement ring. And I kind of like that idea that like the man and the woman would have an engagement ring. Okay. I didn't even know that the man didn't. Oh, yeah, I guess because you give the woman the ring. I yeah, never like thought about it. when you're engaged, you don't give the man a ring. That's not the tradition. The tradition yeah. is the man gives the woman but a I ring. But I thought, 
I never really thought about it, but I guess I just assumed that the man would get like a temporary engagement band. I've never really thought about it, as I've previously stressed. That's weird. Yeah, no. Is it weirder than bringing up a story about Ed Sheeran's <laughs> jewellery habits? I think not. It was in line with what we were talking about. It was relevant, is the right word. Okay. Yeah. That's not in dispute. What? You know what? Give me back my glove collection. No, it's mine. One of my pairs of gloves are the pair that Alvis was wearing when he died. No. Yep. Very valuable. He was wiping his butt when he died. And these are the gloves With he would wear. With his gloved hands. And that's why these are so he valuable. He didn't use toilet paper. He used his hands. They have traces of Alvis DNA. And one day, we're going to clone him from that fecal matter. And what a day that will be. Ew, gross. What an advancement for society yeah. and Elvis science. Elvis is not dead. What do you mean? Well, even if he was still alive, wouldn't he be like... Yeah, he'd be old. 95? <laughs> yeah, probably. If like a wrinkled 95-year-old man came out and could somehow prove via DNA that he was really Elvis... That would be insane. What are we really going to do? Like, he's not Elvis know. because people... In their mind, they have a picture of who Alvis is. Yeah. And this is just like a old man <laughs> who looks nothing like Alvis anymore. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of weird. I do, like, it's weird. I was going to say I want something like that to happen while I'm alive. Like something really shocking like that to happen. But, yeah, I don't really. Because that's I just... sad. Like everyone thinks you're dead and then like 30 years later you're... It would be... Shocking and cool for that first day when you see the headline, but then you just move on. Yeah. It's not going to be this life-changing, earth-shaking event. The reason people are, like, so big still, or whatever, like, seen as those icons still, is because they're dead. Like... Like we were talking about with the 27 Club. Yeah. Like, say, for instance, Amy Winehouse. She was really famous when she was alive, but I feel like... If she'd have, like, just continued the way she was going and not died, like, she might not have put out any more music or she might have put out an album that was really bad and then she wouldn't have achieved yeah. that kind of icon status. Yeah, that's true. Or maybe she would, I don't know. Like, But I do think sometimes the, the person or the band or the artist or whatever, it's like they're more famous because they died sure which is like really weird when you think about it the longer they live the more their pristine image gets corrupted by doing advertisements Mm. and getting into scandals and saying embarrassing things and then having to retract it Mm. and like you said if elvis was alive and he came back and he was like 95 it would be crazy for like that first few weeks and he'd give his like first interview and like but then a couple of months later, it'd be like, oh. Yeah, that's what yeah. it... Uh, yeah. No, I know, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying, like, that's really Not what Not even a couple be. of weeks later. I mean, obviously, it's different for us because we weren't around in the era of his yeah. stardom. But obviously, he's still a figure in recent history. He had a huge impact on society. I know of Alvis. I know what a big deal he was. And even still, I heard that he was somehow still alive. 
I would. Be, I think I would be much more fascinated to know the backstory of how yeah. and why he had decided to retreat from the spotlight. I would as well. Like I'm not. I'm not like. Oh my god, he's still alive. Like, can he make a record or whatever? <laughs> like, it would be like, where have you been, yeah. and why did you come out of hiding or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. Mentioning the Twenty Seven Club reminded me. Do you remember I said that a good idea for a podcast? called the 27 club ironically mm. would be to take a different artist each episode and that could be in like any discipline a painter a musician a i don't know filmmaker and take all of the work that they completed when they were 27 and review it mm. as a whole that'd be kind of cool because i feel like it's such a Different people obviously mature artistically at different rates. So some people you would take, like some people you hear and it's always so bizarre. But, you know, when you hear those stories of I never picked up a guitar until I was 32. Yeah, I was just going to say, there are lots of famous people like in the arts or whatever who they only started acting or writing or whatever when they were in their 30s or 40s. So it might be that all before then they were doing something completely different. It would be cool to kind of see what people were doing. If that was the case for them before 30, they were doing something else. What were they? What was their artistic output at, mm. say, 27? I was talking to um, my cousin the other day and I was talking about, we were talking about like my education route, like what I did straight after school and then college and then university. She was like, how come you did, like, photography and everything then if you're a writer? And I'm, and I'm like, because I didn't start writing until, like, the last year of university. So it's kind, of, it's kind of like, in a way, I mean, it wasn't, but in a way, all of those years, like, five years at college and three years at university or whatever it was, they were a waste. <laughs> they weren't a waste. No, but in a way. That's yeah. what I'm saying, in a way. They weren't optimised and utilised as well as they could have been now that you yeah. know what you want to do. I'm not using them for anything. Yeah. And for the most part, I did not enjoy the experience. So I didn't even get the experience out of it. But even though it was a negative experience, that still had a formative effect on you. Yeah. Like, like in some ways, I'm glad I went to university. Like, I don't... I don't necessarily regret that I went to university because I like that I went, if that makes sense. And maybe that's because of what it says about a person. I don't know. Like, I don't have that kind of ability to, like, see it that way right now. But... I definitely think maybe if I hadn't have gone, I'd have regretted it. But I don't regret going. Although, sometimes I do think to myself, like, if circumstances were different, I don't think I would have completed. Okay. You know, so like, it might be that it would have been better for me if I'd have just left when I wanted to leave and didn't actually graduate. But I feel like now that you do have a degree you can at least look back and say what well, it really sucked, but I walked away with something, even if it's not something I'm currently yeah. using in a formal capacity. I do have this qualification. 
And that's... Yeah, but again, isn't that just to be like, I have, I, I, I did go to university, I do have a degree. Like, isn't it just so I can say that I have it? No, I see what you're saying, but I think just for you, when you look back at it, I think it may help for you to look at it in a more optimistic light if it amounted to something. You had to go through all of these unpleasant experiences, but you did walk away with something. Yeah, they would seem even worse if you'd walked away with nothing at the end of it. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Okay, give me the topic. Do you deserve the topic? I do deserve the topic, just as much as I deserve to be alive in the world. Do you deserve that, though? Yes. What would warrant you not deserving that? If I molested children. You think that child molesters should be shot? I don't believe in the death penalty. So you think it should be extrajudicial executions outside of the law? People becoming vigilantes? No, I don't. No, I don't think the law is not allowed to decide if someone dies, but a, a fucking stranger on the street is allowed. What? That's not a real way of thinking. You just want a bullet to magically? No, I want them to stop molesting children. I want them to have not molested children. I really wish we hadn't gone down this path. Like, a lot. Are you going to give me the topic? I don't know, am I? You are going to give me the topic if you want to get fit. How are you going to extract it from me? I will sit on you. That doesn't make me give you the topic. But I will sit on you and I'll bounce up and down like you're one of those bouncy ball thingies with handles. A space hopper? Yes. What happened to those? I don't know. I feel like I went to Toys R Us once when I was little and I bounced around the shop on one and then i never got to take it home were you pretending you were oh, a kangaroo sad little sammy without the toys um no probably not is that a lack of imagination on your part no i probably was pretending that i was a magical something or other and kangaroos aren't magical but nothing is magical i am magical this pussy is magical <laughs> what a weird thing to say well, I feel like if I was a guy, I would have said this dick is magical. Only if you were a <laughs> douchebag. Yeah, I was playing the role of douchebag Dan. <laughs> but a girl what an version, unfortunate name. So I was playing the role of douchebag Diane. I feel like that's I a comment think of any D, Dan- on the deceased princess. No, how dare you? That was Diana. Oh, was it? Fucking Diane. That's I feel like, like the that... common version of her name. <laughs> I feel like that was a comment on Wonder Woman then. You're right, Diane. Oh, is her name Diana? No, her name is... Wonder Woman's name is Diane, right? No, it's Diana. I'm pretty... I don't... I, I don't care to argue we this We haven't point. seen Wonder Woman yet. We're so late to the... We're so LTP. What is... Late to party? Late to the party. Shouldn't that be LTTP? Yeah, but that's just OTT. We just talked. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when what we were watching when someone was like R W, and I think they meant real world, yeah. but actually they meant real life. But they said R W. I can't even remember. Was it? It doesn't matter. No, yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, can you give me the topic? Okay, I'm the going first to topic have to is base. <laughs> it doesn't seem like you actually do want me to read the first topic. <laughs> Because you keep saying things as I go to read it. Okay, go. I can't. You're sitting on my face. How are you speaking? I'm being smothered. How are you speaking? I'm speaking into your butt. 
Oh, okay, that's which accept- is that's acceptable. Amplifying it like a megaphone. Yeah, well, that's the best way to speak, honestly. I okay. Go. Okay. <laughs> now I've got performance anxiety. <laughs> Speaking of which, so this article was on the New York Times magazine, and it's been making the rounds everywhere. I've seen it retweeted a bunch. Oh my god, have you seen it on Facebook? I don't have a Facebook. Yeah, you don't. Have so a no. I feel I'm like so glad you don't have a Facebook. At this point, only grandmas and out of touch people have oh, active Facebook true. presences, or people trying to promote themselves. Yeah. Hey guys, I've got a gig this upcoming Friday. Come and see me. I'm DJ Up and Comer. I had a uh, Facebook page for my blog, and I realised I post on my blog, and then I post to Twitter, and I post on Instagram, but I never want to then go and post it on the Facebook page. So I just deleted the Facebook page because it just was there for no reason. Sure. Continue. I would like to. You'll continue when I allow you to, and not outside of those zones. <laughs> I'm being tremendously hindered yeah. at this point. I own you, don't you know? But you still, at some point, should let me read. Well, I let you read. I just don't let you read. You hide away all the books from me. <laughs> There's a lock on the bookshelf. How would that work? It's an invisible lock. An invisible, invisible line. line. I mean, <laughs> okay go i only know two paramore songs and i just remember that weird line from one of them okay so the article like i said i've seen it all across the web people have obviously glommed onto it as important article in the recent weeks and it's entitled what teenagers are learning from online porn and it's a very very long form article very dense and it's basically part this woman's experience going to a school and talking to some of the high schoolers that are attending this pilot program that's attempting to teach kids to look at porn in a critical way and to not just see it as a realistic depiction of actual sex but to as they're watching it kind of implicitly analyze the different ways it's trying to present itself as a fantasy and how it might not actually precisely map on to real life sex encounters so she half of it is her talking to them and kind of charting how they gradually develop a more nuanced and sophisticated and realistic opinion about sex based on their time in this special class and then half of it is just talking about the findings that different studies have come to about how in the modern era porn is affecting young people and maybe society as a whole as a result both parts are quite interesting the statistics part is strange because on the one hand she's kind of saying there's not been a lot of studies about this because obviously it is kind of a touchy, controversial thing to be doing research into, talking about children and exposing them to pornography. And the studies that have been done generally aren't that extensive or in detail. But on the other hand, she does present the findings of the few studies that have been done and tries to draw some conclusions from them so it's a it's a little bit kind of trying to have your cake and eat it too in that in that way but there are some interesting things that are brought to light by her referencing them 
So yeah, I thought it was an interesting article. And after reading it, I wanted to talk to you about whether you think that porn in general is having a palpably negative effect on society as a whole and then maybe specifically what influence it's having on young people. Interesting. (laughs) Sure. Well, it's weird. As soon as you said that, I was like, I don't, how would I know? Because in one sense, I'm really out of touch with like, I'm 32 and I don't have any, I mean, okay. I don't have any friends like locally that like have children or do you know what I mean? Like I I don't speak to anyone that is in that situation where they're dealing with that. And you don't hang out with 15 year olds. Yeah, exactly. But then on the other hand, like my best friend does have four children. So we do sometimes talk about like, she's talked about them being online and stuff before. Um, I just mean because she's not actually here. It's not like in my day to day. Yeah. And I do have a cousin that I see regularly who's 18. But we're not talking about porn, you know, like, I don't know. So in a way, I feel really out of touch. So I can only really kind of, yeah, I don't know. What I feel like most of the noise is coming from, it's coming from people thinking that it's affecting kids this way. Sure. I feel like you, I mean, of course, whenever you're not directly affected by something, there's always an element of speculation. Mm. You're always trying to theorize what the hypothetical effect would be. But at the same time, we're not that far removed from the topic because we did grow up post-internet. We did grow up as young people exposed to porn. Well, not really me, but you. I mean, you were born like pre Telephone wires. Yeah. You think you're so fucking... Do you remember Morse code tapping rem- it out? I remember... On the telegram the machine? Along the... Along the... Wasn't that- quite fucking Morse code, but yeah. <laughs> we were using the cups to, like, talk to each you other. You remember carrier pigeons and carving things on stone tablets? Yeah. God, it took a long time to send one message. <laughs> Smearing ox blood I did not know on what you papyrus. Were say, I don't know what this is. There's some kind of like medieval. 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 Say it. Medieval. No, it's medieval. <laughs> you put in a superfluous. There's an I e in there. In the middle medieval. of Medieval. I I think most people just elide that middle and just say medieval. Medieval. No, it's medieval. Okay, we'll have to agree to disagree. <laughs> Why don't you get like, no, it's uh, 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 but I do. I get very like, even though I know there's a percentage chance that I'm wrong, I do get very serious about it. I'm like, no, it's fucking medieval. <laughs> <laughs> but you're just like, all right. Because I don't care either way. Yeah, I don't care. But, but it seems like you do. I know, but I don't know how to disconnect. Okay, let's get back to the topic. Are you going to tell me, like, some of the conclusions that she came to? Or are you going to well, intersperse them throughout your Yeah, I mean, it's the type of thing you'd expect, obviously. Um, kids that watch porn tend to think that porn is a realistic depiction of yeah. what sex is like. They tend to think that all the elaborate sex acts that are depicted in porn videos are 
the general fare of actual sex, etc., etc. I feel like adults are sometimes so worried about like their kids like seeing whatever it is they could be seeing online, and they're not actually worried about the fact that they could be doing stuff. And it's like maybe if you educated them about se- actual sex, not just like how biology works but like actual sex and like consent and stuff then things might be a little bit different sure also i i feel like when people talk about porn it's like they're they're picturing like only one type of porn i feel like it used to be there was like lots of like professionally made porn and like a little bit of amateur porn but now i feel like it's the reverse at least in my porn (laughs) Porn watching habits watching habits like i don't ever choose to watch professional porn over amateur porn probably because i know that professional porn well it's just shit but amateur porn is just like real people having sex like usually and maybe that's what needs to be taught like it needs to be Porn needs to be talked about in schools. Right. About what it is, all the different parts of it. Like, people are just so scared to, like, talk about sex like it's a real thing. But it is a real thing, and you're so scared that your kids are going to do it. But it's like, your kids are going to do it. Yeah, this bizarre head-in-the-sand approach that has become the norm. In the article, it mentions that in America, in more than half of the states... There's no mandated sexual education at all. And often where there is any, it's usually very, very general and very, very afraid of getting into any kind of real, usable, pragmatic specifics. Or it just reverts to the old abstinence-only approach, which everyone knows is A, completely unrealistic, and B, hilariously counterproductive. When you teach kids that they can't have sex and sex is horrible and bad and sinful and they shouldn't even be having impure thoughts, you're really just pushing them to experiment more aggressively with sex with each other. So there's that one aspect, which is, like you said, is really quite absurd when you think about the fact that sex is such a integral part of life. It's like as if we had this taboo about talking about eating. We all eat in private, but it's seen as shameful to talk about it in public. If that suddenly became the case tomorrow, people would realize, wait, this is totally strange and unjustifiable. Why do we all have these strange prudish rules about talking about eating, about what's the safe way to do this? What type of thing works out best for people? Funny that you say that as an example, but actually people are weird about eating. Some people can Not be, as yeah. weird about, like, sex, but, like... Yeah, and I think that, that sex education should be mandatory. Just like, you know, there are other subjects that are mandatory. It's kind of ridiculous that it's not. I remember being at school um, and you had to get, like, permission... Like your parents had to give you a written yeah they have sign to sign slip. yeah they have to sign like a slip because I remember there'd be a student or two that didn't participate and it was because their parents hadn't given permission. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't remember any specific sex ed in my school. We had obviously in science class we learned about the differences between the sex, and we learned about the mechanics of procreation in a very sanitized scientific form. And I think maybe once or twice we were given a short talk about sexually transmitted diseases. But besides that, I don't remember anything else, which is shocking because I only went to school like 10, 15 years ago. Do you think it's because you... It's not even been 10 years that you've been out of school. Okay. Um... (laughs) No, I know. You, I just, you pull me up on the weird Because things. I just think that you were thinking that it was way far away, but it wasn't. No, I was just approximating it. I wasn't really no. sitting down and counting on my fingers how many years it's been. Do you think it's because you went to Catholic school? I obviously don't know. I can't, because I didn't go to anything other than a Catholic school, I don't, I can't play out the counterfactual. But I've got to assume that it plays into it. I feel like I always heard people saying things like, yeah, they teach you how to put a condom on a banana and stuff. But I don't remember any of that. Do you mean to say that you've seen that in American films? No. Or did you actually hear someone no, say that? No, people have said it. Like, okay. I don't know if that was just some I can teachers taking the liberty of like doing stuff. But like, I can imagine that. I remember there being, like, a basic sex education class as early as, like, year six in junior school and then doing it again in one of the first years of senior school. But I don't remember it after that. But was it... What did they actually teach you? Um, I think the one in year six, which is, like, ten years old or whatever, they teach you about, like periods and like the biology of it more than anything and then when it was like secondary school it was like more like sexually transmitted diseases and i remember we had a big class on aids sure just aids and someone special came in to talk about it um and i remember condoms being mentioned but that's it oh maybe there was a banana (laughs) I the truth like, comes out. I feel like they did it during drama class. Maybe we're just in the drama classroom. And you were just playing with bananas and condoms? No, not us. They did it like up on the big front of the class. Okay. Not like everyone got a banana and condom and they had to practice. Take That's one home. Weird. Yeah. Learn the technique. Uh, Unroll it the right way, kids. Oh, my God. Yeah. it It is so... I mean, like how... If you had to go back and start over, how could you possibly argue for not giving kids a really comprehensive, unsqueamish account of what sex is like, what they can expect, what how things work in terms of consent, how things work in terms of pregnancy and STDs and whatnot, how sexual pleasure works and what are realistic expectations in that realm like how could you possibly now say that that is a good thing to exclude from any kind of educational system because like we talked about kids are going to have sex at a young age and younger and younger as it turns out so you you're either going to give them no information no good information to forearm them for when problems inevitably occur and there's friction between them and their partner or you're not 
<clears throat> and if you, like a lot of conservatives, claim to care about reducing unwanted pregnancies and STDs and stuff like that, instead of pushing this ridiculous, outdated, abstinence-only approach, what you would really do if you truly genuinely cared about that is you would teach kids all about condoms you would teach them that casual sex doesn't have to be unprotected sex etc etc but really what we're getting at is the hypocrisy of people like that who say that they care about reducing teen pregnancies but at the same time they don't act as if they really do care about it because they care more about playing to their religious constituents and moralizing instead of taking real appropriate effective action in educating young people i've never understood that approach of like just don't do it don't give them access to free condoms because it will make them want to have sex (laughs) it's like that's not at all how it works yeah you you are failing to see that what you're doing is having the opposite effect. You're treating something as so secretive that you don't even talk about it, not at school, not at home, not at church. And then when it does happen... At church. You know the I mean? pastor comes to the, the <laughs> stand and says, today I'm going to talk to you about pornography. The Lord looks kindly on this type of pornography. He likes amateurs in the missionary position. But only if the woman still has a bra on. And she needs to be ovulating heavily. And if a baby is not made, you must try and try again. Yeah, porn videos always have to have an addendum in the Christian world where it shows a baby being born Mm -hmm. to a happy couple nine months later. Just so you know that everything was above board during the actual sex. That's what's frustrating. They show you every aspect when learning about it. Except the actual act. They teach you the biology of what's happening to a body when they, like, go through puberty. They show you... They tell you all about periods and what periods mean and ovulating and producing eggs and stuff. And then they even tell you, like, briefly about how to put a condom on. And then they talk about sexually transmitted diseases and what happens if you get pregnant and abortions and things. And then they kick you out the door. And then, but they never actually tell you what real sex is like. And that's why kids are trying to find pornography because no one is telling them what sex is really like. And they're getting this really weird version of like what sex is from like the limited movies and TV that's out there. And it's either like seriously underplayed or like really like exaggerated exaggerated yeah there's never really like a perfect like idea i mean there are a few things that show you like actually this is what it it can be like or whatever but it's very limited and kids probably aren't watching it as like they need someone to talk to and school is the perfect place because it is weird like trying to talk to your mom about sex at the age of 15 or whatever So, like, school is, like, once removed. It's, like, it's still a bit weird because you see the teacher every day, but you don't actually really know them. So it's, like, a perfect balance of, like, I sort of trust you because you you take care of me while I'm at school, but I don't know you so well that it's going to be awkward next time I see you. 
And so I don't know why that type of thing isn't encouraged. Yeah. What it comes down to, as a parent, you know that your kids are going to be at least interested and fascinated by sex during their teenage years. And so in this modern world where kids have laptops and smartphones and so many different devices that can get onto the internet, the choice really is between a really well-educated, caring, knowledgeable, sensitive sex educator coming to your kid's school and telling them the ins and outs of sex as it really is and giving them all this useful information that's going to protect them from making bad choices and potentially hurting their partners emotionally or physically. Or they can learn about sex from Pornhub. (laughs) The dichotomy really is that stark. If you're choosing not to intervene, that is in itself a choice. You have made the choice for the much lesser form of education for your kids, the much more potentially damaging and the much more potentially unrealistic form of education. Yeah, I agree. I think it needs to be an actual class, like an actual module with like, this week we're doing this, this week we're doing this, this week we're doing this, because there's so much to learn. And so, and there needs to be like whole classes where the class just asks questions, because there are going to be questions, there are always going to be questions. And if you leave them unanswered, they're going to just go on the internet. And I hate that because people are so inept, and so just like, incapable of like, just fucking getting over themselves and talking about it with their kids that now it's come to like okay then we need to police the internet because people are incapable of talking to their children about it (laughs) and it's like i have chosen not to have children how dare you try to take my internet like (laughs) fuck you quite honestly because Yeah. yeah i was just reading yesterday about how those the changes for the uk are going into effect in april Wait, it's so preposterous. What is it? It's like, if you want to look at porn, you have to do... There's like an age verification. And the way for them to verify your age is to enter like a bank card or a credit card or something. So is there's going to be... I, f- I think that's what it is. So there's a, essentially going to be implicitly a de facto database mm. of everyone who is looking at porn and the particular sites they're trying to gain access to. Mm. I mean, what could possibly go wrong with that? So does that mean that the government has made these websites agree to this? Yeah, I think it's like going to be a... Or is it the internet provider? Like, is it Plusnet or Sky or whatever or BT? Are they putting it in place when you try to go a certain website? Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't read too much into it because it just depresses me. I would imagine maybe they have just gone straight to the ISPs and made them put the blocks in from the ground up. But I don't know. And I also, obviously, it goes about saying that there's just no way you're going to stop people being able to access Mm. porn on the internet. Because half the people don't care that you're going to have an age check and the other half are going to find a way around it. So it's like, who are you deterring? You're not deterring anyone. The kid is just going to steal his mom's credit card information. He's only going to look at it once in, to be able to put the... And what is... Is the mom then going to get an alert that her information has been stored? Probably not. So how are you going to get around that? 
Or even more simpler than that, kids are just going to find a way to download via torrents yeah. or whatnot. And then they've got it. Then they're just going to pass it around at school. Yeah. There's going to be like, back in the day, it used to be you'd pass around the VHS of yeah. the porno. And now it's going to be you pass really. around the USB stick. Yeah. Like fit crammed with a cache of oh hardcore porn. Yeah, it's just. It's and they're so going to be watching because of that. They're going to be watching whatever they get their hands yeah. on, rather than being able to go to like Pornhub or whatever. Not that we're going to keep plugging this one. But more. it is the eight hundred yeah. pound gorilla in the room. But like they're just going to because usually you can go there and you can search whatever you want. But in this case, it's going to be fucking little Becky who's never ever seen a dick. She's going to like. <laughs> Get like a bukkake scene or something, and she's going to be like fucking terrified and think that that's what sex is because you've limited, yeah, exactly, even further what they can get their hands on. And I don't understand how anyone's brain can think otherwise. That really is going to play out because even if the British government is able to force the big, the really big, huge sites to take part in this ridiculous oversight where they have to force their users to verify their aid somehow there's going to be all these smaller sites first of all how are you going to force a site that isn't headquartered in the uk to do anything that's what i mean that's why i think it's more likely that it's the isp and as soon as you attempt to go to a website that they know is porn a page from your isp will pop up and yeah. you have to put in your i understand aid. what you're saying but we don't yeah, know but we don't so. know yeah but my point is that the big sites because they have so much to lose because they do so much business and there's so much revenue they are going to kowtow and they're going to bend the knee and implement these age checks but all the weird little tiny sites yeah. with the really bizarre strange fetish porn they're not going to care because yeah. they're so small that they can fly under the radar and that means that they are going to be the sites that the young people are going to flock to and like you said that's an even more potentially distorted view of sex so you're going to be herding people towards the extremes and that just comes with its own host of problems i saw someone on reddit ask whether that meant that they could also block porn within sites that aren't actually porn sites so like porn on reddit porn on tumblr porn on wherever and it's like, well, how are they going to do yeah, that? There's, like, just, there's no just no way. way they can do that. It, They'd have to manually search through things and block things. What a job to have. Yeah. Searching through dick pics on Twitter. Yeah, yeah it's one of those classic feel-good Once you've laws. seen one dick pic, though, honestly, you've seen them all. I don't think that's true. Yeah, it There's is. a great variety between penises. Mm. When it's just a penis on its own, though, like, that's not getting anyone off. That's not, like, exciting for anyone. Like, as a female who has, like, been sent dick pics, like, a dick pic on its own is just, like, meh, you know? But you can't speak for every other woman on Earth. But I feel like when I've heard other women talking about dick pics, they've never said, oh, look at that tasty dick. Like, <laughs> they've said... Ew, he sent me a dick pic. Like, yeah, because it's the context. If it was someone that they were dating and they found them attractive and they found them likable and they were already having a sexual relationship with them, they might have a more positive reaction. Yeah, but that's not really what a dick pic is. You sending me a dick pic is not a dick pic. A dick pic is like a, a picture of a dick from a stranger. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. That is the contemporary usage of the phrase. It's like 
a picture of a penis that is inflicted upon your eyes involuntarily and unwanted. Mm. The thing they were saying was that this ridiculous attempt at circumscribing who can access porn on the internet is one of those classic feel-good laws where it, it just appeases the really out-of-touch puritanical elements amongst the political constituency. And it makes them think that something is being done to fight this terrible scourge of, of people seeing porn on the internet. But really, there's so many loopholes, there's so many ways around it, that it is just going to have a very marginal effect on people's porn viewing habits. It's going to cause a lot of people a lot of inconvenience and annoyance. And it's not actually going to have the intended effect at limiting people's ability to view porn if they want to. It's so frustrating when people like make these kind of like laws and these new rules. And this is going to come out sounding way harsher and like way more cold than I want it to. But it's like all these people that have this way of thinking, they're like old. Sure. And it's like if we could just hang on another 20, 30 <laughs> years, it'd be my generation and the generation after me that are like making the rules. And it's like. It just sucks that that's what we're stuck with. It's weird, right? Because the 60s were like the sexual revolution. 70s. 60s and 70s, right? I don't know. It might be right. But that type of like era. And so the people now who are in their like 50s, 60s and 70s are all from that time period. Yeah, but it was hippies. It wasn't everyone who was having a sexual revolution. It was like a certain type of person that was having a sexual revolution also people think very differently about themselves and they do their children yeah like richard fucking whatever his name is is like he was having sex and he's having sex and he's doing all these things but he doesn't want to think about his kids doing it but and he's in charge of whatever committee and so he blocks it or whatever. yeah i see what you're saying people also just as they get older they forget what it was like to be a young person and they want to impose the values they have later in life as they progressively become more conservative and traditional on young people who are inevitably going to rebel against that and the cycle just repeats itself over and over and over again it's like the religious person who's like preaching all this bullshit about like sinning and stuff but they themselves like cheat on their wife and they see prostitutes and they do this and they do that and it's like you just, you've got this weird backwards way of thinking when it comes to like. Well, it's like the inevitable result of repression mm. is like an explosive yeah. reversion to the thing trying to be avoided, trying to be shunned. That's a tale as old as time itself. Whenever you get like a really conservative politician who's railing against young people having casual sex and railing against the gay agenda corrupting people's image of marriage you know that some point in the not too distant future that guy is going to be caught with a male prostitute in a hotel room that's just going to happen more often than not so moving on what do you think is the remedy do you well first of all do you agree that it's not good that kids are learning about sex through porn. 
yeah, obviously it's not the best way to find out about like what sex is and what sex entails and all the different things you can do because when you look up porn, a vast array of options comes up. <laughs> and it's like whatever you zero in on for your first like experience. Like if no one else is telling you what sex is and then you're only looking at porn, that's why there's a problem. And that's why I said there needs to be like someone else teaching them about porn. That way when they go to porn, they know that this is like a very exaggerated, fake version of what sex is. And actually, like professional porn or whatever you want to call it, what's the term for it? That's about as good as you're like going to get. Like studio porn yeah. or whatever. That in, isn't really sex. They're not actually having sex for pleasure, really. They're having sex for like a job. Yeah. To like, it's like a movie. Um, it, although they are actually really putting, you know, <laughs> they're going through the motion. Yeah. Whereas, like, but at the same time, if you are, like, you know, smart about it, I guess, like, you can find things out about sex through porn that you might not have known before. Like, positions and, I don't know, the way a person is when they have sex. Like, if you're watching, like, amateur porn, for instance, you're just watching two regular people have sex and there's and there's no like fakery about it sometimes because that that you can find that type yeah. of porn but sometimes there. there is still an element of performance yeah of course. even when it's they just know they're being filmed two people and a video camera but it's the most realistic idea of what sex is in visual form without anyone telling you and i think there are still things to be learned from it like obviously i don't think it's something that they should be watching solely and like you know aimlessly like picking like fucking like i was talking about like bukkake scenes and like orgies and stuff like that's definitely not what someone's first but that's the problem right because to use a video game analogy you start off in a video game and it gradually gives you more and more challenging things to deal with until you get to the end boss. Whereas if you are a kid who knows nothing about porn, you're a virgin, you've never even seen like really graphic sex scenes on TV. And this really is in a profound way, your first exposure to what sex is. And you go straight onto a porn site. There's no like progression you're just dropped into the deep end and you accidentally click on a fisting video it can be traumatizing and that's what you think that the baseline is and everything becomes because you've been exposed to the extremes of the spectrum from the get-go you don't realize that that's far off in the distance for you right now all you need to be thinking about is like the beginner level but you can't there's no way to ensure that when you have a teenager just clicking around on porn sites i think also there's this weird like you know because people get there are people that get like addicted to porn and obviously one might say that a younger person is more susceptible to that because they're younger it's easy to like you know find it and then just like become addicted to it or whatever and i think the more you keep these things 
as forbidden or hidden or secretive, the more they're going to want to, at any chance they can, they're going to want to see it. They're going to want to know what's so bad about it, what's so secretive about it that I can't access it because it's just going to make them want it more, just like sex itself. Yeah, that's the problem. If you have an environment in your home where your kids feel like they can't talk to you as their parents in a very frank and candid way and really feel unafraid that they will be able to say kind of shocking out their things to you and know that you're not going to scold or punish them for it but they're going to you're going to treat them as an adult basically they know that they can talk to you about anything and that they can explore things with you if you don't have that then kids will watch porn in secret they will find a way Mm. no matter what kind of parental blocks you try and put on their laptops and whatever rules you try to impose Kids have endless ingenuity when it comes to circumventing parental oversight. They will find a way. And because they're watching it in secret, like you said, when their first experience is encountering all these really extreme, say, fetish videos, where there's, they're not only dealing with the sex itself, which to them will already be confusing enough, but they're also dealing with this added elaborate adornment on top of it which makes it even more strange and mystifying to them they also won't be able to come to you so that you can clear things up for them that you can separate things for them that you can explain that there is kind of a a spectrum and there's a hierarchy there is like plain old vanilla sex and then you can add a couple of things on top of it then you can add even more extreme things and then some people like to do really really extreme things during sex acts and then you could explain to them how that's something that they don't necessarily need to worry about right now they just need to focus on exploring themselves sexually in a very basic way so if they don't have that then they're just going to make ignorant assumptions and then that can potentially cause real problems when they do end up with a sexual partner and they do end up thinking that all of these different things are just normal. And then you're going to end up with these very dramatic mismatches when kids do end up having sex with each other for the first time. You've got the girl on one hand who may never have seen porn, of course has never had any real sexual education. In her mind, she has just a dim idea that they're going to have this very vanilla romantic sex it's going to be slow and passionate and whatnot probably sourcing the idea from romantic movies themselves and then on the other hand you've got the guy who has been watching porn since he was 13 has watched hundreds and hundreds of hours of like very extreme hardcore porn and who thinks that really rough sex and anal and deep throating is the norm And that's what he's going to try and do when they first start Mm. fooling around. And that can be traumatizing on either end because you've got the guy who ends up feeling like a monster for for what he later will realize is trying to force like really advanced, very unusual, very kind of out there stuff for the first time. And then you've got the girl who's feeling like she's not adequate, who's feeling like she's like doesn't know what she's supposed to do and isn't ready to do the stuff that she perhaps should be able to do and should be feeling ready to do. And that's just going to end up with kids feeling scarred from their first 
sexual experience, which is not what anyone should want. And that's obviously why the, there are people out there who want to ban porn altogether or, like, try to get people to stop watching by making all these new rules. But it's like, that's not the problem. The problem is that people aren't being taught about sex to begin with. And if they were, then when they see porn, they're like, hang on, this is like a really exaggerated version of what we've been taught. You know, I spoke to so-and-so about it and they were like, it's not like this at all. Maybe we should find something that's a bit more realistic. And it would help them to navigate it rather than let's just take it away because we don't know how to handle this. Yeah, and not replace it with anything better. Yeah. And the real problem is if kids are only exposed to the porn that is commercially produced in studios by professional actors, 99% of it is the same type of scenario playing out, the same type of power dynamics, the aggressive dominant male and the submissive female. Mm. They're going to think that that's the only type of sex that exists and that you always have to play these particular roles. Yeah, I agree with you. I think already there's like this... I think consent should be taught anyway, just when it comes to like relationships and friendships and how like you shouldn't even non-sexually you shouldn't touch people without consent you shouldn't do this without consent but then when it comes to sex I mean already things are taught slanted towards like boys being more kind of like aggressive boys being in a traditional sense you know and you do get that in school it's so ingrained there are like lots of subtle things Boys do this type of sport, girls do this type of sport, girls wear skirts, boys don't wear skirts. Like, it's all very, like, one-sided. And I agree with you that, like, you know, unless you click on, like, the male being the submissive type of sex, it is usually always the men being aggressive. And obviously there are also more extreme there is also more extreme porn where it is like rape fantasies and like things like that and things are violent and can you imagine just like that being the first thing that you click on and no one has ever told you any different and so you're navigating the world thinking like that's what your first sexual experience is going to be like and that's what it's always going to come back to why can't you just talk to your fucking kids like what the fuck is wrong with you that you can't just have a conversation like, it's embarrassing for, like, two seconds, and then the, once the embarrassment's gone, you can all get on the same page. Isn't that much better? I think people just take a, I'll not think about this, yeah. and then it won't bother or worry me. I'm sure there are going to be people out there thinking, like, well, you can't know because you don't have kids. You don't know what it's like for a parent. Okay, I don't know what it's like for a parent, but I know what it's like to be a kid, and I know that it was much better knowing that I can go to my mom and ask her questions about stuff because she was an open, normal person rather than this, like, closed-off, everything's-a-sin type of, like, fucking person. I know that that's much better. And even if you feel like you can't maybe have, like, a lengthy, in-detail conversation with your kid, I'm sure you can find either 
books or videos that show sex in a very realistic way that show this is how a man can give and receive pleasure like in an educational yeah. way as well this is how a woman can give and receive pleasure this is what it means for there to be a real bond of consent between two people and this is how you maintain it throughout a whole encounter this is how the female sexual anatomy works this is how the male sexual anatomy works in like realistic scenarios yeah. And just showing them that and sitting there with them and afterwards answering any questions they have or maybe like directing them to other resources that could answer their questions better. That's really all you have to do just as like a start, just as like as a baseline so that your kid is equipped with like some real useful information going onwards. Yeah, I agree. It's like very little to ask if you think about it. It's so basic as well. It's like all part of like... The things that it's your job, it's natural. It's natural to like, I, if people weren't so weird about like the first time a child asks where babies come from, like these things would be taught gradually from a young age. So it wasn't also like heavy and weird as soon as they get to like 14 they're like asking like the really serious questions because their mind has already started to develop years earlier about what the bodies can do when they're put together when they're mashed together like toys (laughs) i'm I'm mashing together two imaginary dolls in my hands just bashing them together whichever way they fit just bashing them maybe the dolls should come with like a penis and then the other doll should come with a hole and then they can really connect them together i can't believe you said hole and then we can show you gave one its proper name and you gave the other because you know what my brain automatically wanted to say pussy and then i didn't want to use the word pussy for a a doll and b a child's toy and so my brain didn't quick enough get to vagina so it just said hole (laughs) also i said hole so that it would be non-gendered it could be any hole anywhere that's true yeah so that's the other part of it of course (laughs) if your kid is like lgbtq did i get it right yes did I pass the test with flying colours? If you want to really get it right, it's LGBTQ+. That's a mouthful. Yeah. Talking of Bukaki. Were we talking of Bukaki? Well, you mentioned it like three times. I did, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're getting a commission from a particular site <laughs> that will go unnamed, but you know the one I'm talking about, listeners. I don't know. And I know you're all thinking about. of different sites, and that's the point. <laughs> you're going to now go to them. Yep. And see if I'm on there. And that means I get a, a kickback. You get nothing. Some cash goes straight into my pocket. I get it. You don't get it. You're my manager. I'm your fucking pimp. I get <laughs> Horrendous. <laughs> How dare you make light of the plight of prostitutes? That was almost like slam poetry for I a second. I was not making light of the okay. plight of prostitutes. Anyway, as I was saying, if your son or daughter doesn't identify as heterosexual... And they go onto these porn sites and they're just deluged by a wave of like 99% the same like straight couples having sex in the same way. And they start to feel that makes them feel even more of like an outcast, even more quote unquote abnormal, which is obviously not true, but that is going to make them feel worse and worse. And so then you have an added responsibility to talk to them about sex and say, even though you are going to see these same type of representations in film and movie and even porn, that doesn't mean that A, there aren't 
depictions of sex out there that you would recognize and that you would find interesting and b just because this is the norm in terms of what the masses are asking for and what the masses are viewing that doesn't make you any lesser that doesn't make your desires any less valid and worthwhile yeah i agree with you in fact i saw something today about how jeremy corbyn had said that there should be lgbtq like um sex education as well as like the sex education that kids already get and i agree like it should be all inclusive like definitely and then that way if kids do identify differently and also they they aren't like heteronormative or whatever then they can see that that information is out there and their parents will be educated and they can also that they can also find that wherever kids are going to find that yeah rather than just seeing it as this like boy girl standard old fashioned situation yeah that whole thought was not like it wasn't well articulated but i think you get the idea i thought it was you did a fine job yeah ma'am do i get cake or something for you it. always get cake whether you do a good job or a bad job good, because cake is for every day not just your birthday cake is the constant cake is the constant oh my god cake has never left everywhere <laughs> lost fans you will get you the will reference know. do you remember when i was like say you had like a lost t-shirt on and i was like say the numbers without and looking. i didn't know them yeah i don't know them either i'm not like a lost super fan yeah i did enjoy the show well for the first three seasons anyway even when i was enjoying the show i don't think i could have said the numbers i just don't have a good memory like yeah i that. don't either yes you do you're able to recite stuff all the time you say this all the time and there's a difference between reciting words and reciting like numbers and statistics yeah, that's true. it's like a different engages a different part of your mind it's a I different feel. beast i'm a different beast i'm a not a beast I'm a beauty. I don't like this. Well, you're a beauty too. I could be a beast to your beauty. You are sometimes... What are you going to say? Savage. Yeah. You just toss me around. I just throw you around the room. Pretty much, yeah. I ragdoll you. Ragdoll physics. I knew you were going to say that. Okay, so... Yeah, to round this out, the point is that kids need to learn that despite what they see in porn and like you said it is more the case in like professional porn but there are there's some amateur porn that is very exaggerated and has like very specific quirks to it that they're not necessarily going to encounter as like two teenagers fooling around so they do need to be able to look at porn in a critical way and they do need to be able to analyze it and think in a very realistic way Like, how much of this is applicable to me? How much of this should I even be really be paying attention to as informative? And they just need to be taught, ideally, through sexual education classes at their school. But they may also end up learning this online through various resources. That sex can be a mutual thing. There doesn't have to be, like, this binary power dynamic where one person is in charge and the other person is, you know, basically following unspoken orders. One person is giving, one person is receiving, etc., etc. There's like 
myriad different ways that that can be expressed. But you have to teach them that sex can basically be whatever they want it to be as long as their partner feels the same way mm. and is like actively engaged in wanting to do that as well and everything is consenting and above board and safe and whatever like you can make your own rules but within the rules that are already set <laughs> like do you know what i mean yeah as long as it's safe sane and consensual yeah. i think is what they say so yeah is that what they say that is what they say yeah. let's move on to the next topic okay what have you got for me I've got lots of things for you. Do you see this big bowl underneath my arm? You were going to say big bowl. And my whisk. I'm slowly whisking around the batter. And I'm going to bake you a cake. Is it going to be... Oh, my God. Don't trust me baking, though. Because do you remember when I tried to make flapjacks? That's not the same. They're, They're completely different beasts to go back to the... But it gives you an indication of my my skill at baking. But also, even when I bake, I don't really bake. I mean, actual bakers will be like, that's not baking. I get like a box mix and I basically mix the eggs in. That's all I do. Um, So you could bake that way. And there's not really any way you can mess it up. When I tried to make the flapjacks, I literally just tried to follow a recipe online. Yeah. And it did not turn out well. You had to do, well, the first time, but the second time, they yeah, were good, but just really sweet. The first time, I, I, for whatever reason, I was really craving flapjacks, and I wanted to learn how to make them for myself. And I also wanted to try and make, like, remotely healthy ones, because I knew that flapjacks were, like, a very sugar-heavy snack. There's like honey in them and stuff. And golden syrup and melted sugar and whatnot, (laughs) as I found out later on when I tried to do it again properly. But the first time I tried to make them, I found this recipe online where they were primarily based on mashed up bananas. Like that was what held everything together instead of like, you know, melted sugar. And I made it and it came out as like... Basically like a banana oat cake. Yeah, it was very cakey rather than being a flap deck, which is kind of like a biscuit, but not really. Yeah, it's like quasi-biscuit It's closer territory. to a biscuit than a cake. Yeah, and it just tasted like bland and burnt and pretty disgusting. And I forced myself to eat like a few mouthfuls you did eat because I was so... I didn't want to admit to myself that it had been a spectacular failure. So I was just like, no, it's, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I don't know if it's good. And then eventually you persuaded me that I didn't need to keep eating it. Yes. You never tackle things half-heartedly though, because you immediately went out and like got more stuff. Yeah, I did. So you could it, me- try to remake them, but it without the banana. sit well with me that I had failed and I wanted to try and, both literally and figuratively remove the bad taste from my mouth. So I found like a typical, like traditional flapjack recipe, which like you said, is ridiculous in that it's golden syrup and it's mounted sugar and it's butter. And it's like a bunch of different things. You'd think there'd just be like one sweet element, but there's actually like several different parts to it. And I just followed it to the letter not caring how healthy it was. And I made them and they were actually, wow. They were... It was a qualified success. Yeah, they were good in that they were, they looked like flapjacks. They tasted like flapjacks. 
But like texture was flapjacks. They looked like flapjacks. But they were so sweet. Even yeah. I couldn't eat them. And I'm not like, like I like sweet shit. So like, I like cake. Cake right. is like very sweet. But this was like eating a spoonful it of was, sugar. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And so I basically just cut my losses at that point. I said to myself, I made flapjacks, quote unquote. I did it. Let's rest. Let's retire with this small mm. victory. Remember when I tried to make like hot, like what do they call it? Lava cake, chocolate lava cake, or melty cake, or melt in the middle cake, or whatever you want to call it. Malcolm in the middle cake. Yeah. <laughs> and I bought ramekins, and like I bought everything from scratch. Like there was no box mix involved, and I put two of them in the oven and I watched them and then I opened them up and I tasted them and it was like ugh like it didn't taste like chocolate it tasted like I don't even know it was like very bitter and I know you do use you're not using like regular chocolate or whatever you are using something bitter to make it but I don't know like I couldn't even really taste chocolate at all and then I bought like a one that was already made, and then you just put it in the oven. And I was like so excited because I was like, finally, I'm going to get it. And I tasted it, and it tasted very similar to the ones I had made from scratch. So I resolved that, like, even though it's chocolate on the surface, that maybe they're not actually supposed to taste exactly like chocolate cake, but melty. Um, but then we did have one in France, do you remember? I do. And it was fucking delicious. So maybe British fucking chocolate melty cake makers are just inferior. It could be. So. The French are known for their baking expertise. Yeah, I was very glad when we finally, I finally got to have like a proper one. Oh, I can taste it now. Just the, the sweet memory. Sure. Mm-mm. You're feasting on your own memories. Yeah. Cutting into them with a steak knife. I'm eating myself. Auto cannibalism. I think it's just. You think too just... much. Well, I've always said this about you. That's put me in my place. You've got a head full of thoughts. I, I do have a head Talking full of, of which, the next topic, <laughs> I wanted to talk about this. You don't get to talk about things, I've decided. I don't appreciate this tip for I will just talk about it myself, and you will just listen. Okay, go ahead. I don't know what the topic is. Do you see what happens when you you step out of line? Yeah. Stay in your lane, Samantha. Am I going to be punished? That's what the rap community says. Am I going to be locked up? Don't you want to be a part of the rap community? Not really. Do you think that they... Not even a little bit. They all carpool their kids to the same school? No. Then what's the point of it being a community? I ask you. I do not know. Do you think they have council meetings to decide the the proper rap etiquette? Yes, I do think that that happens every Friday night. Because that's when it's hopping. Sh- sure. Or bopping or ropping. Ropping. <laughs> that's when it's rapping. <laughs> you just gradually got there. <laughs> Why Friday. Because that's when they're going to have fun, fun, fun. Friday, Friday. What an outdated meme reference. I have actually never heard that whole song. Are you going to rickroll the audience next? Because you're so up to date I remember, with the kids. I'm pretty sure I remember when that song came out. Originally? Yeah. <laughs> Good God, woman. 
Yes. You betrothed to an old lady. You were in the air raid shelter because you just heard that the, the German bombers were passing overhead. Well, now we're just taking it too far by like 50 years. How old do you think I For am? For comedic effect, though. But, like, who's laughing? And so, oh, <laughs> you burn me to my core. I don't know if I'm ever going to recover. My self-confidence is shot. Just like I'm going to take you, put you up against a wall. And shoot me? And shoot marshmallows at you. That's nice. And if you catch five in your mouth, you get a giant marshmallow. What were those marshmallows called? Flumps? They have the cutest name, perhaps of all time. It was like a marshmallow stick. It was like a twist. Of, like, different colours. That doesn't help the, the listeners visualise okay, it. it was like a spirally, long, marshmallowy type thing. All different colours. And it was called a flump. And it was only ten pence. And it was fucking delicious. They sold them at the shop next to the bus stop I used to go and wait for the school bus at. And so every morning I would... Well, not every morning, but some mornings when I'm just waiting for the bus to arrive... And because they were only 10 pence each, I would just grab like a handful of flumps uh-huh. and just eat them. Did you eat them all in one row? <laughs> Did I slowly lower the, the tube of flumps down my throat like yeah. a sword swallower? Yeah. No, I did not. They eat? also were probably like really, really terrible for me to be eating as like as a 12-year-old. Well, yeah. That's what I was trying to figure out were you eating them all in a row like for breakfast or were you like having them throughout the day they weren't like my breakfast i'd already eaten cereal they were just a thing to snack on as i waited to pass the time well i didn't have like a sugary breakfast cereal Never. i remember when i first met you and you're like sugar on your cereal are you five and i was like i feel like you've brought this story up before because it affected you so much Okay, we're going to move on to the next topic. Okay, well, I've asked you what the topic is, like, seven times. But then you keep going on tangents. Because you don't tell me what it is. Okay. Should we play the quiet game while I read this? Should we play the shut the fuck up game? That's another name for the same game. Just. And all I want is fame. And I'm about to drop a hot freestyle. Give me a beat, Samantha. Is that not the type no, of beat? No, that's like that you, jazz. Isn't that not the type of beat that you wanted? I didn't ask you to like give me some some smooth jazz beat. I don't know any rap beats. That's not true. Do, 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 do. That's a rap beat, right? No. I don't know then. I just looked at the time. Yeah. And we've already done like more than three hours just for that. Oh, well, maybe we should. Stop here for this podcast. We should maybe carry this topic over onto the next one. Yeah, I think that would be better. Think of it as a little surprise, listeners. Yeah. What's it going to be, huh? It's going to be... It could be anything. Gooey. No. Nobody wants a gooey surprise. Mm, I have that on a t-shirt. Some people want a gooey surprise. That's true. That is true. Let's wrap this bad boy up. Let's wrap it up. And pretty shiny paper. And then give it to a friend as a lovely gift. you got to put a bow on it. If you like it, then you should have put a bow on it. That's not how the song goes. It's not, no. It's not. The bow doesn't imply any kind of gender assumption, though. That's true. 
Boys can wear bows. Boys can wear bows. Pretty pink bows in their hairs. Pretty in their hairs. In their <laughs> How many hairs have you got, Samantha? Count quick. Three. That's not enough. Three hundred. That's still not enough. Three-teen. You've gone lower. Not a number. Not a word. <laughs> okay, so. What were we watching when they were like... You always ask this question of what were we watching. <laughs> Why does it matter what we were watching? They were like negotiating. Okay, so. I have a slowly flapping piece of paper before me. Are we ever going to renew the piece of paper? Renew it? Rewrite it? Like, are we going to... Yeah, that's what I meant. Are we going to use the same piece of paper until we get to, like... Episode 4,000. When they finally erect the RTAP Podcast Museum in central London, what if they take one of the apartments we lived in and they turn it into a museum dedicated to our podcast? I think we're a long way from that. Not that we recorded any episodes of the podcast in London. We sort of did. Yeah, that's but true. But it never got posted. We did record way back an ep- the first episode of the podcast. And this is when we had real bad audio problems that we were yeah. just trying to soldier on through. We had like the mics and stuff. Yeah. But we just didn't know how to use it. I ended up editing it and everything, but then we just ended up not deciding it was like that we should post it. Yeah, like we... It was like then like a year or more before we and actually... And then we started afresh, yeah. which is probably wise, to be honest. It was. But one day, when we get our Patreon off the yeah. ground... No, there will be no Patreon. If Don't you back us at the people. $50 level, we'll give you access to this lost episode. Why is it in dollars? Because that's just the world we live in. Is it... A meriocentric... A meriocentric... Um... Are you just going to let me say this forever before you step in? <laughs> Yeah. American-centric universe. Sure. Could be the Australian dollar. The Australian dollar is like double our money. Could be the Hong Kong dollar. That's not a thing. I think it is. I don't think so. It could be. I think the dollar is only American, Canadian, Australian, isn't it? My point was originally that when they do get the museum off the ground, this will be what greets you as you as you yeah. enter. It's already like fucked. There's like no corners. It's it's been There's worn in. It's been loved. Yeah. Has a lot of character. Does it? So as you walk into this grand marble atrium, there's going to be like a little exhibition. You know, we lived in a studio, right? Yeah. <laughs> atrium. I mean, it's going to be bigger on the inside, like the goddamn TARDIS. And then there's going to be just like a single spotlight coming down onto this glass case. And it's going to be this tattered, dog-eared piece of paper with all our scribbles on Many it. plugs on. Okay, so. As we quickly lose the plot. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with anyone else you think may like it. Like it. If you don't like it, you know what's going to happen. I'll cry. And then I'll bottle the tears and send them to everyone who didn't like the podcast that's weird you each get one tear it's like trapped between two pieces of glass like on a microscope i like that it's like dexter when he collected the but he was a serial killer and those were trophies from his victims that's true and these are trophies for my victims they're victims of having to listen to my (laughs) whatever you're rambling (laughs) yeah 
This podcast could have been called After Rambling This and That. It could have. But it wasn't. And how is that fine? And how is that fair? And frankly, how is that democratic? (laughs) New episodes are released about three weeks after the last one. Well, I like how the time's gone up. (laughs) Every week after, every two weeks after. Eventually, it's just going to be new episodes will be released when we feel like it. (laughs) And you'll be fucking grateful. That we deign to visit your ears. Visit your ears. With our sultry voices. Yeah. Uh, you can find the podcast on iTunes and pretty much all other podcast services. Or you can go to rtappodcast.com, which is spelled A-R-T-A-T, podcast.com, which redirects to our SoundCloud page. Whoop, whoop. You're very excited for SoundCloud. That's like, you've got to support it, you know? You bought a lot of stock hashtag, in SoundCloud recently. Hashtag support SoundCloud. No. I was going to go with snazzy and then realised I don't have snazzy words for SoundCloud in my repertoire. You picked a bad time to invest in SoundCloud. Probably. I'm sorry to tell you. Props. They're not long for this world, I've heard. It's still going though, okay? We're keeping Touch them afloat. Touch the wood gently. As long as they've got us in their library. Yeah. Are we bringing all the revenue? Then they're unsinkable. No matter how many holes appear in the hull of the boat. I don't think that's true. You can send any feedback or comments to rtappodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. Do it. And you will have our eternal gratitude. You will. And... Our firstborn child. I mean, which was probably Rudy. not, because I'm not pushing a, a baby out of me. Even if it's a little kitten? If it's a kitten, yes, but I'll be keeping it for myself. What if it just lives inside you? That's also fine. What if a baby just doesn't want to come out? Like that it just happens. says. That's why people have to be like Ooh. induced. If the baby stayed inside you past nine months, would it just keep growing? Could it become yes. like a toddler inside you? I mean, I don't, I, I don't think you can keep it in that long. But yeah, like it still continues to age. Yeah, but what if they artificially made your womb bigger so it was like spacious enough for this a toddler? Is weird, and it could just like walk around. <laughs> <laughs> you slip an iPad in there. They've got to toddle places. Is that a verb? I don't know. To toddle is that why they're toddlers? Possibly. Anyway, that's when they start walking, I guess. Yeah, I guess that is true. That actually makes perfect sense now I think about it. Congratulations. I just made it up. I don't think so. Well. I think you made an educated guess. Possibly. Because you do have a degree. I've been known to do that. In child rearing. Occasionally. We just nod at each other. (laughs) We did just nod at each other for the last like like, 10 seconds. We nod at each other like six times. I don't know why. Are you at the end? We are at the end. The last thing to say is we're RTAP Podcast on social media. Come and follow us. Follow us and say hello. Hello, RTAP. That's not our name. RTAP Podcast. My name's not like RTAP Johnson. Yours is R and That's mine's true. TAT. No. Do you want to be called TAT? Uh, <laughs> Do you want me to introduce you as some old TAT? Do you want to be called R? I'm not a pirate. You could be. Like, I guess anyone could be a pirate. Well, then what's the problem? <laughs> I guess. Arr. 
I did like a little bit of a chewy, like a tiny, tiny bit of a <laughs> chewy on the. <laughs> I'm I'm getting there. One more try. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember on no activity when it's like Chewie was not coughing for six movies? Okay, we've yeah, you've run away. Okay, lost the plot. See you later, kids. I don't know. Is <laughs> that the end? The end is just me laughing for like ten minutes. Pretty much. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Not that we have to thank you. It's nice to. But it's a courtesy. But it's like a polite to. They don't deserve it. It's like done in the whole world. We're not obligated. But it's nice. Don't you think nice is a nice thing to do to be nice? Only if I want a chalk ice. That like, (laughs) chalk ice, oh my God. That confused you, I feel. You bamboozled me. It's like when you hypnotize a snake, you make it harmless by... Oh, I was like, what are you talking about? How do you make it harmless? I don't know. I'm not a professional snake charmer. It sounded like you were. Did you think for a second I was? I did. You fooled me. So really, it was I who fooled you. That's what I just said. You have become a fool of yourself. No. Hey! So anyway, see you next episode.